in a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! You know what time it is. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic. Of the sports hour. Nay, it's not the sports hour. It is Mitch Moe's two week house party. This is Mitch Moe, and sitting across from me, our guest host for the next two weeks, our fantasy football expert, but not just the expert this week. He is actually a co host, Mr. Jordan Fox. Jordan, what's going on, my dude? Well, howdy, howdy, Dan. How are you? Dad's gone. Dad is gone. He's gone. We have no rules. We're going to have way more people over than he said we could. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's gonna be a blast! Oh, it's gonna be so much this fun. This is gonna be so much fun, guys. We're we are. This is technically a crossover episode. Yeah, we're gonna get weird. We 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 are gonna be doing some recap and news like you guys are accustomed to here on the Sports Hour. We got not just Daddy's favorites. No, no, no. We're doing a little twist. We got Jordy's favorites this week. Yeah, baby. Um, we got another entrant into the pit of misery. Dilly dilly. I got a Mitch Most top five list of the week, and he's got a Jordo Burritos top five list of the week. Um, we got stash or trash and our lineups. And to explain that really quick, if you listen to our other podcast that we do, the one that I host weekly with Mr. Fox here, the daily double up, you can go find us on Apple, uh, podcasts on Spotify, anywhere that you get our podcast. It's our daily fancy sports podcast. And that that's the stuff we kind of do. It's our daily fancy sports stuff. It's our fantasy, anything fantasy sports we do on that podcast right now obviously football season so we're doing that but we're gonna cross over take care of that here uh you can also find this episode on our daily double up um page so you can find this episode on both of those um and then we'll wind up the week with our quick picks and don't worry Dallin is not totally disconnected from the show he has sent me his quick picks because he wants to make sure that i lose for a second year in a row which i am not going to let happen have you guys established what the punishment is going to be yet or are you guys still waiting for we're fan st- submissions we're still waiting for some fan submissions we've gotten a couple um they're they're under review How, are as they, they would ones? say in football what was that are they good ones can you like preview what they are uh i i don't got it up it, gotta keep it under wraps yeah All right. okay. yeah it's, it's okay. top secret information okay yeah well hey i'm also making picks this week so we got to make it interesting That's right. somehow for for the week or two that i'm here you know what i mean absolutely yeah because i'm yeah. going 15 for 15 so we're just gonna get that uh, on you're going 15 you know this yeah we're gonna get that on record right now okay all right yeah, so, whatever yeah. you say, man. I mean, that's where we're at. So, yeah. Hey, this is going to be crazy, man. This is going to be a wild next two weeks. We're going to try to get some guests on next week. Um, I'm not promising anything, but we're going to try to do uh, – maybe get the Italian Stallion on here. He oh, Mr. Tanner Pacini. He hasn't made an appearance in a while. We'd like to get his take on the NFL season thus far. But, guys, let's transition in to our weekly recap and news segment uh something we do every week here 
Nothing's changed, even though Dad's gone. We still got to take care of some business. I mean, right? things have changed, but uh, we're still going to do a lot of the same stuff. We still got to take. I mean, he gave us chores to do before this he is, left. Right? Yeah, it's when your parents leave and they leave you the chore chart yeah. of like you got to remember to feed the dog yeah. so it doesn't die and all that kind of stuff. Let Let's get into some Let's get into some recap here. So though, basically, so. yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna do the normal stuff here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, what game do you want to start with? Oh man, where do I want to start? Let's start with San Francisco Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. Sounds close good. game, twenty four twenty. Um, this was Mason Rudolph's first start in the NFL. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, by, by, by the way, if you watch this game, it looked like both teams were trying to get rid of the ball. Oh, dude, San Francisco could not hold on to the football to save their lives. This it was, was so bad. It was atrocious. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, and we, we look at the statistics. statistics wow. Um, I might get flagged for that explicit content because I don't like, – Inadvertently, another yeah, word was, for breast came out. That almost. was close. Um, we look at the statistics here, though, and and James Conner, who is already an entrant of my pit of misery, made another poor performance here. Thirteen for forty three on the ground. That's three point three a carry. Um, what what are what are we getting with James Conner right now? I don't really know what we're getting with the Steelers right now, to be totally honest with you, because uh, if we look down at the receiving core, it's also a little bit awkward week to week. Juju ended up having a fine week last week, three receptions for 81 to touchdown, but that's still only three receptions, which is not the numbers you want to see out of Juju. Right. And yeah, like you said, James Conner rushed 13 for 43 for a 3.3 average and no touchdowns. Those are not uh, the James Conner numbers we're used to seeing. It looks like he's having a really hard time rushing behind that line. We're seeing him have a hard time shoot gaps and really make moves on guys. He just the Steelers team doesn't look like they're flowing in the way that we're used to the Steelers flowing. No, it's not. I don't think it's a. It's, I don't think it's a Big Ben's absence thing because they were doing this when Big Ben was here last week and the no, week absolutely. And Mason Rudolph looked okay. No, he, he, he did look fine. Like, I mean, if we're going to pick something out about the Steelers that looked okay, Mason Rudolph looked all right. He was 14 for 27 with 174 yards and two touchdowns. Threw the pick, but, I mean, of course he's going to throw a pick. You know what I mean? Uh, that, that's, that's, that Niners secondary is not that bad. No, so, it's really it, not. I mean, I, I think if you're going to throw a pick against a team, that's one of those teams that it's acceptable to throw it against. Yes. Um, but, again, the, Niner, the, the Steelers' defense looking really bad. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, they add Minka Fitzpatrick in that trade with – with Miami and oh, I think there was a little bit of overreaction. I think there was a little bit of oh my god, the defense is saved. I I think uh, I admittedly thought that this defense was going to get a tier or two better. Yeah, just by adding that one guy to the secondary because they were getting torn up through the air. But again, nothing nothing to show for. I mean, they get the two picks off Garoppolo, but one of them was a fluke. It was the tip pass off Barreta's hands um, early that went to T.J. Watt. Right. That. That stuff doesn't really happen all that often. Right. There was one pick that Fitzpatrick by picked Fitzpatrick. by pick Mika Fitzpatrick that looked like a legitimate pick that yes. he made. He made an error in a read, but you take that one out of it. Jimmy G still throws for a good game. Twenty three for thirty two, two seventy seven, and a touchdown. And like you said, you take that pick away. It's that it looks like a much better stat stat line. Um, is Jimmy G? Going to be what San Francisco think he's going to be? I would like to think so. I don't know what to make of the 49ers' ball security issues right now. It's terrible. Outside of their rushing core, they're kind of working with the guys they have available to them. With Coleman out, I still think he's the best guy they have available in that backfield. Um, and Garoppolo has been throwing quite a few picks. He threw two on Sunday. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has the talent necessary to be the guy that we all think Jimmy Garoppolo could be. 
I just think the San Francisco team, which this feels weird saying because they're three and zero on the date. They're one of what six teams that are still three and zero. Yeah. Uh, it feels weird to say because they're three and zero, but this feels like a 49ers team that hasn't quite figured it out yet, and it feels like a 49ers team that also is not flowing the way that we think they can. Um, and most of that, I think, falls on Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulders. We just haven't seen it yet. Uh, but all in all, an okay game out of Jimmy G. Uh, but this was an ugly game altogether. It was not all that enjoyable to watch. The, the ugliest 24-20 game. I, I mean, you see that score and you expect it to be a, a pretty good game. Uh, offensively yeah. and defensively. You yeah. think there's probably some big defensive stops. When you see a score like that, stereotypically, that's what you think. It was ugly. Yeah, it was it was great. It was atrocious. It was not great. Um, the two touchdowns. On the ground for San Francisco, coming not from Raheem Mostert, who led the team in rushing, 12 nope. for 79. Not Jeffrey. from Matt Breda, who came, who went for 14 for 68. Both of them averaging right around or five yards a carry or more. Yep. It came from Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson. What? Eight for 18. That's 2.2 yards a carry, but he gets the goal line work. Yep. Got the goal line work. I mean, the dude came in. He only has eight carries, so it's not like he had a bulk share of the workload or anything. He came in on the goal line, and he punched in two touchdowns. It's kind of simple as that. Um, for fantasy purposes, I don't think anybody's upset if they had Jeff Wilson for some reason sitting on their bench, and they're like, oh, dang, I didn't play Jeff Wilson, because of course you didn't. Nobody expected Jeff Wilson to be the guy to come out on the goal line and be the guy to punch it in. Um, I don't know what this running back core is right now. They've got four guys on the field and or three guys rather. I guess I'm looking at Jimmy G's rushing numbers, but I I don't know who the guy is there. No, I don't know if it's Moster Breeder or Wilson. I don't know who it is, and I don't think they know who it is. I think knee jerk reaction is it's Breeder. Really, I think knee jerk reaction it is because he of the role he hit that he had last previously. Year. Yeah, I think I think that's the knee jerk reaction, and then with Coleman out. Though and a, a full committal to committal—that's not a word. Um, commitment. Yep, that's what you're looking for. That's the word I'm looking for. A full commitment to an to a running back by committee system. Yeah, you expect it to be more split up, and that's where the question mark is. I think now because they've made this commitment, but now one of the guys that's going to head this committee is out. Yeah. 100%. And I think if Coleman were here, it would probably be less of a committee than even we're seeing right now. Uh, Brita is getting the bulk of the carries so far out of the backfield. He had 14 to Mostert's 12. That's close, but if we're counting numbers, Brita's got the most carries. So I would agree with you. I think that Brita is the lead back here, um, but I don't know. I could see this being a situation where those numbers fluctuate depending on which week we're playing. So. Right. Weird game, ugly game. Uh, Mitch, I want to talk about this Giants-Buccaneers game. Yeah, let's talk. 32-31, to 31, it was an, a, a pretty entertaining game. I, I enjoyed watching this football game, which feels odd considering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are involved. But another quarterback in his debut start, we got Daniel Jones coming in, starting for Eli. Big time story here. And Daniel Jones looks good. Real good. Real good. You hear that, Bobby? Bobby Skinner from Simple Man Radio. Oh, make sure to go give them a listen. Um, you hear that? Daniel Jones looked great. Daniel Jones, you might real be good. right, my friend. Real good. Twenty three for thirty six, three thirty six in the air, and two touchdowns. Uh, man, there was nothing to complain about as far as this Daniel Jones games goes. No, no, absolutely not. He was the lone scorer. Yeah. Yep. He threw for two and rushed for two. He rushed for two. He was the he other than the other. What what I I don't even remember the other four points how they scored those other four points. 
Daniel Jones was the guy in the end zone. Yep. He was the team, and he carried him over. Not a terrible Bucks team. No, they're I, not they're, top fifteen, but they're they're not bad. Yeah, they're very middle of the road, but they're fine. Uh, I I definitely think the biggest story though was how well Daniel Jones played, and then as a result, we have huge games from Evan Ingram. We have over hundred yards for Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton got in there and had eighty-two yards. Uh, man, I'm excited for for the Giants' future here. I am. I, I I still think, and I I was a little bit high on him. I think at the beginning of the year when we did our our NFL Megasode. Um, I don't think this is going to be a good team at the end of the year. Like record-wise, this team is not going to win a ton of games. But nope. they're going to win more with Daniel Jones. And when Saquon comes back, they're going to look a hell of a lot better than they do right now. Yeah. So let's talk about Saquon real quick. High ankle sprain is what is the diagnosis we have as of now. Uh, the latest report was he's going and getting a second opinion on whatever this injury actually is. And that doesn't sound good, especially if we're talking about something other than a high ankle sprain. Six to eight weeks, or was it four to eight weeks? It might be four to eight it's weeks. Four to, it was a wide span. It it's going to be eight four, weeks. Be eight. Yeah. Never in the history of the world has a running back had a high ankle sprain and come back in four weeks. So right. we're realistically looking in probably the six to eight week range minimum if this really is a high ankle sprain. Uh, the second opinion thing is freaking me out, especially as a Saquon Barkley dynasty owner who traded their firstborn child's naming rights to get him from you, Mitchell Dodd. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So... Uh, this is a scary situation. It really is super unfortunate for the Giants in particular. You finally have Daniel Jones coming in, making his debut start. You're like, yes, we get to see what Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley looks like. Let's watch our future unfold in front of our eyes. And then Saquon leaves the game with a high ankle sprain. Quote, unquote. Who knows what it is? Yeah, it, it's disappointing. But you know what? The, what the Giants have to do is not rush Saquon back. Because if Daniel Jones plays well without Saquon, you already know what you got in Saquon. And if he plays well without Saquon, then you know you got something. And then you're going to add another, potentially one of the best, if not the best weapon in football Yep. to his arsenal. Then you can get really excited. So don't rush Saquon back. I mean, you guys aren't going to be playoff contenders. You, I mean, it's not, uh, it, anything could happen. But you're not going to be, I don't think you're going to be playoff no, contenders. No. I don't so, think so there's no sense in rushing back a guy like Saquon. Get him rested up. Get him 100%. Then get him in there with Daniel Jones. Yeah, I agree. Got. Just let Wayne Gallman be in there and rush the ball. I'm not excited for Wayne Gallman, by the way, especially for fantasy purposes. And I don't think Wayne Gallman's a guy that you're really going to care about. Rushed for no. 2.6 on, on five carries. but uh, Sorry, 2.6 average rather, not yardage. But uh, – yeah, don't rush him back. Just play football. Let Daniel Jones develop a little bit. Uh, and when Saquon comes back, we'll get a real look at what this Giants team looks like. Right. On the Bucks side of the football, uh, Jameis looked like good Jameis, which is an absolute coin flip as to whether you're going to get good Jameis or bad Jameis any given week. Sunday, we had good Jameis. Uh, 23 for 37, 380 in the air and three touchdowns. Threw a pick because his name is still Jameis Winston and he can't help himself. But... Uh, I mean, it's kind of the same story as the Giants. The running backs didn't do a whole heck of a lot. Jameis looked really good, and as a result, his receivers had a ton of yardage, including Mike Evans going for 190 yards on eight receptions and three touchdowns. Hello, Mike Evans. Yeah, welcome back to uh, football. Um, Seriously. Where, where were you? It, it took you two weeks to get here, but now you're finally here. He was tying Chris Godwin's shoes for him. Yeah, that, that's, that's what exactly doing. what it was. And then 
he uh, tied Chris Godwin's shoelaces together so he tripped over himself so that way he could get all the yardage again because Chris Godwin did not show up in this game three for 40. Uh, pretty pitiful performance um, on his end. But he, on, in, in his defense, he wasn't targeted that much no. uh, comparatively to the first two weeks. So, no. um, But we look at guys like Jameis and how hot and cold they can be. And it makes me wonder, at what point do you move on from a guy like Jameis Winston? Because you can only spend so much time on a guy that's going to give you one good week out of three. Right? I mean, yeah. you can only spend so much time. And they seem to have spent a lot of time on this guy. I, I now, I yeah. know they spent the high draft pick to go get him, but when do you move on? Yeah, you've kind of planted your flag on, on Jameis as your franchise guy. Uh, and I don't even know who is the backup on the depth chart right now. It is Ryan Griffin. I don't think is he's, he's from Family Guy, right? Yes, yes. The, the he, one and only, yes. Yeah. Oh, he's the third. Yeah, he's the he's third. He's the cousin of Peter, the, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm at a point where I'm ready to say, hey, let's move on from Jameis. I'm disappointed and not excited about Jameis, but I think if you're the Bucks and you've planted your flag as heavily in him, and uh, as you have, rather, and you are kind of where you are, I think you have to ride the Jameis train out at least for the remainder of this season and just kind of see what it looks like. This is another team like the Giants where I don't think they're going to be pushing for a playoff spot. I don't think we're talking about a contender here, so... That's more of a reason to stick with Jameis, I think. Um, I'm, I, I mean, I haven't heard anything about Ryan Griffin. It's not like we're excited about the come up there like we were with Daniel Jones. So right. this just seems like a team that's kind of going to be stuck where they're at, and they're going to ride it out with Jameis, and they're going to ride it to a uh, 500 season. Yeah, I feel like you're kind of stuck. You're stuck there until you get the other draft, high draft pick, and then maybe you take another guy. Right. Or, you know, first round. It, it they could they could have an early enough pick if things go downhill they could go get a a Justin Herbert or you know, someone of that caliber um are they going to get Justin Herbert I don't know, I don't know. I, I'm really high on Justin Herbert but um I think I I think you're stuck with them until you get that draft pick again because it's not going to be worth it to go spend the money especially with the way the Bucks roster is constructed, it's not going to be worth it to go get a, a big high-profile guy. No one's going to want to come play in Tampa Bay. Yep. So you have to go get it on a rookie um, and, and start from the bottom again. I'm not saying Jameis can't turn it around. I just don't have a whole lot of faith in it. Yeah, when Jameis is good, he's really good. Oh, like, he's lights out. Looks good in the eye test. Stats-wise, he looks good. When James is bad, James is really, really bad. Like, there's no level of consistency for James right now. You're either riding the real highs or you're riding the real lows. So, I want to believe there's time for James to figure this thing out and kind of level out his performances. And I hope that does happen uh, for he and the Bucks. But uh, we'll we'll see, man. The Bucks are in a weird place right now, timeline-wise. So... The next game I kind of want to talk about a little bit here, Mitch, is the Rams and the Browns. And mostly I want to talk about the Browns side of the football. What what is this Browns team? Like what are we what are we watching? What are we expecting? I don't even know what to call this Browns team at this point. It's disappointing to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Um I think that's about as mild as I could put it. Um We've got the E tag on the Sports Hour side. <laughs> But we got to put this on the other platform, so I won't. I won't, you know, fully dive into the way I feel about the Browns' disappointment right now. We have bleeps. You can do what you want. Ah, uh, Dad's gone. There's no rules. 
Dad's gone. There's no rules. Like, Baker Mayfield's trash. He's trash right now. I'm not saying he's a trash player, but he's bad. He looks bad. He hangs onto the football for four, five freaking seconds. Yeah. When are you going to get the ball out of your hand, dude? Yeah, it looks now, like... Now, last, now, he was pressured more than he has been in weeks. And it's because that front four and, and LA's... the Rams. Pretty, of course he's going to be pressured, and right? When Aaron Donald's up there, yeah, of course. And Samson Abukum and, 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 and the, you know, those guys, uh, yeah, Fowler. Clay uh, Matthews. Give me a break. Clay Matthews. Yeah, of course. He's going to be more pressured. Yes. But he's still, even when he has protection, which is the majority of the time, he's holding... Whoa, 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 whoa. Look at that. Hold on. Hello. Um... He's still holding the ball for way too long. It looks like he's hitting every single one of his reads twice. Like he's he is in there for an alarming amount of time. Yeah, he's not reading a like he's it, not reading a play. He's reading a novel. Right, I mean, and it doesn't it doesn't look like decision making is really happening all that quickly inside his head. Something's not clicking with him, and it, and I and I I'm not questioning his football IQ because he's a smart player. No, he's a smart guy. But something's not clicking with him right now, and I don't know if it's miscommunication between him and Freddie Kitchens. Or him and his offensive line because, it, you know, contrary to just, you know, if you're just a casual football fan, newsflash, there's a lot of communication that goes on between the quarterback and the offensive line pre-snap. Um, and there might be miscommunication there. I don't know what's exactly going on, but he's holding on to the ball for way too long. He's taking way too long to make his reads, and he's missing open guys because of that. Yeah, and, it's 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 frustrating, especially as his fantasy owner. It's it's extremely frustrating to sit here and watch him just go. Oh my god, just get the get the ball out of your hand, man. It's frustrating just as a Baker fan. Like I've I've oh, been no, yeah. historically outspoken about my love for Baker Mayfield and my desire to grab a beer with him on any given day. But man, this team has been disappointing given how excited we were going into the season. Uh, Baker just doesn't look great, and as a result, I don't think anybody really looks all that great. Like, Odell has looked completely routine. Jarvis has disappeared. Nick Chubb has not been what we expected Nick Chubb to be. He rushed for 96 last week, which is fine, but on 23 carries, so that's not, like, the most efficient game of his life. Uh, and again, yes, they're playing a Rams team that's 3-0 and and looks like they're a lock for a playoff spot and has a really good defense, but... This has been uh, three straight weeks now of just kind of boring, not great-looking Browns football. And the the part that's sad for me is I think if they don't turn this around, Freddie Kitchens is going to get the 100% blame for this and is going to be out of town when I don't know if it's 100% his fault. I don't know how you feel about Freddie Kitchens. but I really like him. I, I really too. like him. I just – if they go one and three after this week, it's time to hit the panic button. You think so? I think so. You can't have all this hype and all this expectation with the weapons that you have offensively. Still a very good, statistically on paper, good defense. You can't start one and three that way. The defense is actually the part that's concerning me the most. See, and and that's the part that I thought would even like be their saving grace. If like offensively they weren't clicking right off the bat, I thought their defense would be their saving grace and at least keep them around in ball games. But it's not really. I mean, I mean, they lost by seven last week, but they're still not. It's still not like even close. Their defense is ranked thirty first out of thirty two teams in the NFL. They're only being beat by the Dolphins, and the Dolphins are a JV football team. So, 
Right. I think the Browns' defense is really to blame for their their struggles the most. I mean, nothing is really clicking, but I think if we have to choose something, I think the defense is actually where things are going the most wrong. See, but that's the thing is you just held the Rams to 20. Why can't you score 21? The Rams don't look like the Rams right now either, though, if we're going to talk about that. The Rams offensively have not been the Rams. Todd Gurley has been abysmal. Jared sure. Goff has not thrown the ball super efficiently. Cooper Cup's kind of the only shining part of that offense right now. So I don't know if it, that's more of a testament to the Browns' defense or more so just the Rams aren't looking super great or efficient on the offensive side of the ball. Mitch, you just said that if they lose, it's time to hit the panic button on the Browns. The Browns have the Ravens on Sunday. Yeah. So, I, I mean, that's not a game I project them to win. I Spoiler alert, neither do I. Yeah, we're going to get to it. The, the Ravens are going to win this football game. I mean, it's it's if things go the way we think they should go, right. yeah, it's football. Anything can happen. But realistically, on paper, the Ravens should win this football team, right? Football game, rather. So we're looking at a, a reality where the Browns are now one and three. I don't know if it's time to hit the panic button, but man, has this first four weeks been a dis- I should say three. It's not week four yet. The first three weeks have been a massive disappointment. I mean, you look at them, and if they start one and three, right? They got twelve games left throughout the year. They're gonna have to go. What's that even add up to? Nine and three? Yep, that's 12. To get to 10 and six and maybe have a shot at a wild card? Maybe? Yeah. Because there's some good teams in the AFC. That's rough. Baker went out and basically gave the R-E-L-A-X talk that that Aaron gave a couple of years ago. I don't know if this is the same situation. Even if they go 10 and two. That's tough sledding. That's extremely difficult. That's tough. Like, you're really setting yourself in a hole at one and three. Yeah. I mean... I think it's time to hit the panic button if they get there because, man, you got to figure something out. Yep. Simplify the playbook. Yep. They we, we saw that in and we won't go too deep into this game, but I like to cover my bears. They did that with Trubisky yeah. this week, and we won't we won't get into this game. But they simplify the pay, playbook, and he played a hell of a lot better. Yeah. The, Maybe you got to do that with Baker. Maybe you got to simplify things down and go, hey, look, we're gonna we're gonna give you a set of. We're gonna give you a sell of thirty plays that you can run in either direction, and we're gonna we're gonna simplify it down to that. And you run those thirty plays efficiently, and we'll make something happen. And I know the defense thing has got to be a big part of that. Yeah, it is. It's, a, gonna it's a non-zero factor. But but I agree with you. I mean, if we're talking Trubisky specifically, Trubisky looked pretty rough through the first uh, uh, half of that game. Didn't didn't look great. Like offense. First half of that game. That was the best half of the game. For he threw for three touchdowns for in the second quarter. Were the touchdowns in the first half? Am I forgetting? They were in the second quarter okay, alone. Excuse me. Okay, first quarter then. We'll leave it in the first quarter. Uh, it, things didn't look great. It just wasn't clicking. And then you sent me a text about uh, it had to have been late first heading into the second. But you were like, listen, they need to simplify the playbook. Like something needs to happen. And then lo and behold, it does. Mitchell Trubisky all of a sudden catches fire. And uh, the Bears win big. So I agree. I think if we're looking at a situation like Baker where he's holding the ball too long, looks like he's making his reads uh, three times at least, simplify it, run a bunch of slant routes with your two fastest guys in, in Odell and Jarvis Landry. Like, let's just make this a little bit easier on Baker. Throw in, get him some easy completions. Get confidence back up. Let's go win some freaking football games, guys. I, I 100% agree. I 100% agree with that. Um. Mitch, I got a question for you. What's up? How are you, how are your uh, your vocal cords feeling? Really good. Yeah, really good. You ready to get into the news? Oh, oh. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> 
kind of stuff we don't get on the double up, man. This only happens when dad's not home. I know. Dad's not home. Anything goes. Let's get into the news. I think, Jordan, you're leading the news segment here this week. So give yeah, me so, your news. So Let's here's talk. the deal. We could realistically do like real news stories like Saquon being injured and that kind of stuff. But we, one, we already talked about Saquon being injured. And two, dad's not home for like the 1700th time. So I'm just going to do news stories that I thought were funny this week. Cool. That aren't really news stories. Best news stories ever when dad's not home. So you're uh, missing out, dad. Mitch, what, what can you tell me about the, the biggest news in the fast food world right now? The Popeye's chicken sandwich thing is blown over. Everybody's over that now. Mm. Popeye's everywhere have reverted back to emptiness. Now, there's a new fast food savior on the horizon. Do you know what it is? Well, it's not Chick-fil-A, is it? It is not. Tell me what it is. It's another chicken product. Oh, is it KFC? Wendy's got spicy nugs back. Spicy nugs. Spicy nugs. At Wendy's, and they made an appearance in the comms. In the Dallas Cowboy huddle. You get out of my rear end right now. So Dak Prescott, I don't know if you caught this. Dak Prescott is in the huddle in the middle of the game, right? Calls 32 sound alert X foot, gets the play in there. And then all of a sudden looks up at the Jumbotron. He goes, ooh, spicy nugs are back. (laughs) I'm going to have to stop on my way home. He's middle of the huddle. He's mic'd up for television. And he goes through. It goes 32 sound alert X foot. Ooh, spicy nugs are back. On one on one. And nobody <laughs> reacts. Not a single player in the huddle act like Dak Prescott just talked about spicy nugs in the middle of a huddle in an NFL game. Look, I think we all can agree that any spicy chicken product from any fast food restaurant on some level can be enjoyable. Oh, 100%. I think spicy chicken's the way to go when it comes to any fast food restaurant. Yeah, if I you're, agree. If you're, if you're sitting in line and you're looking at the menu and you see... The words spicy and chicken in sequential order on the menu, you probably should order that item. Yep. I agree. Um, and Jack Prescott knows this. But then to come in nug form. Nug form. So not only is it delicious, it's convenient. It's convenient. It's handheld. You don't got to worry about bread or lettuce or mayo or anything. It's so convenient. Dak Prescott can get it on the way home, sit it in his cup holder, and then eat it while he is driving. While... He is driving, Post folks. Post-game, he's sore. He just got out of the ice bath. His body feels like trash. He's probably, he got, still... I- he's probably got ice packs on his right arm anyway. Oh, 100%. And you know he, what he can he still do? do? Boop, boop. You know spicy what he can nugs. still do, though? He can still go through a drive-thru, grab those spicy nugs, and eat them on the way home. Dude. Okay, so you going with... So, spicy nugs. You going with the ranch action here? Or... Uh, On spicy nugs? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You're, you're not going anything crazy like sweet and sour or nothing. No, no. Sweet and sour is only, and I'm going to say this very clearly so you guys understand. If you have your headphones in right now, hear me very clearly. Sweet and sour sauce is only okay from McDonald's on regular McNuggets. Yeah. If you're out there getting sweet and sour sauce on some artisan breaded chicken tender, you're a maniac and you need help. I was thinking of like the like the whitest thing someone could order from a fast food restaurant and it might be the chicken club asiago sandwich dude 100 percent. from Carl's it's got that Jr. swiss cheese and like creamy ranch sauce on it like that's pretty white yeah like, it definitely is your name is barbara and you're from los angeles if you Bar- order that. your name is barbara or carl and you are a stockbroker in the in the in the lesser los angeles area <laughs> yeah yeah occasionally visit chavez ravine to go to a dodger game just for fun. Yep. And you were a tie to that game. Yep. Because you had nothing else to do on a Saturday. <laughs> Goodness gracious. What's next? What's next? What so, uh, Zadarius Smith of, of my Green Bay Packers, 
officially has cemented himself as the number one sack celebration dancer so far for the 2019 season. What do you do? So you you really need to watch the video for this. So if you're at home and you're listening to the pod, click pause right now. Go find the video of Zadarius Smith's touchdown celebration. But if I'm going to explain it, he gets the sack. He does the most aggressive army crawl I've ever seen in my life. This man has to be moving at 25 miles an hour. Okay, Army crawls about 10 yards. Then gets on his, his elbows and knees Acts as if he's eating the world's largest bowl of cereal. Okay? You follow in so far. So we got a 10-yard army crawl so about army, 25 miles an hour. Army crawl. Yes. At school zone mile an hour. Yes. To a bowl of Which set, cereal. Which is alarmingly fast when you're army crawling. To to a bowl of cereal. To a bowl of cereal. Okay. So he has army crawled to said bowl of cereal. He devours the bowl of cereal and then springs to his feet and makes a pregnant belly motion three times. The dance makes no sense. I don't know where it comes from. There has to be an inside joke we don't know about. All I know is when you watch it live, it is the most beautiful thing I have ever witnessed. Illuminati. You care to explain? What does this mean? <laughs> you think the Illuminati has infiltrated the NFL Absol- through Zadarius absolutely. Smith? Absolutely. Absolutely. And the person they went with is Zadarius Smith rather than one of our top tier athletes. Okay, look. So who was faster in the crawl, do you think? Zadarius Smith or a Komodo Dragon? Oh, man, it's close. You got to watch the video, dude. It is, How fast it is, does a Komodo dragon run, by the way? Uh, faster than Zedaria Smith crawled. But it, no, is, no, it no, is quite I'm fast. It up. I want to go back to the Illuminati thing. I would like to know, like, if you had to choose a top three players that the Illuminati has a hold on in the NFL, who would they be and why would they not be Zedaria Smith? Because there's no way that's who they go with. By the way, I want you to, re- I want you to restate that question because I didn't hear a single word. I was <laughs> too interested in finding out how fast the Komodo dragon runs. Hit me. Zedarius Smith is faster than a Komodo dragon. A Komodo dragon only goes 12 miles an hour. Oh, what a loser. Twice as fast. No, yeah. Zedarius Smith went 25. No problem. Okay. No okay, problem. But what was your question? Didn't about- even break a sweat. I asked you if the Illuminati has a hold on, let, let's say, like three players in the NFL. Who would those three players be and why would they not be Zedarius Smith? Because there's no way that's the type of high-profile athlete they would choose. Who would be the three that are involved with the Illuminati? The Illuminati, yes, well, sir. Well, Tom Brady, of course. Really, though? Like, super white, ug-wearing Tom Brady is going to be affiliated with the Illuminati. Yes. Okay. You're going to need to sell me on that, but okay. That's Uh, fine. I don't think I need to sell you on anything. I think you just need to hear the name Tom Brady and look at his longevity. He's been given more than snake oil. The Illuminati's giving him some kind of mystery juice oh, to keep, they're him, giving him, keep him alive. Yeah, he's really I'm sure eighty-five of years old, and they fudged his birth certificate. Definitely. Okay, definitely. got it. Okay. All right, so that's one. Who are the other two? Okay. Um. Oh man, I don't know. Um, I mean, you just got to look at the top tier guys and just pick one blindly. I feel like Odell has to be a top consideration. Like the man is is the type of high profile athlete where everybody's got their eyes on him all the time. He would be like he's a out there wearing leader. multiple multiple tens of thousands of dollars watches. He wore a two two million dollar watch, I think it was last week during pregame warmups. Like he's absolutely the type to be affiliated with the Illuminati. Okay, so we got Tom Brady, we got Odell. Yep. We got to pick one more. I got Lev. Lev. Yeah. Okay. What? Well, who are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know. This is this is a subject. No, I not- no, it's Zeke. It's Zeke. Interesting. I feel For like I would sure choose Zeke. Lev over Zeke, but I, I I get the sentiment here. I feel like when Zeke jumped into that Salvation Army pot that one time after he scored a touchdown, okay, he jumped in there and there was like a little screen in there, and the Illuminati was like giving him another well like, done, message child. That, well done, child. Now hop out of this thing for the phone. You owe us two more. 
and like <laughs> my fantasy team will lose if you don't score two more touchdowns. Dude, like, so you're telling me the hottest news of the week is one, the Illuminati has infiltrated the NFL, and two, they play fantasy football. That's Zeke, that's Zeke what I'm getting. Plays right now. for every Illuminati fantasy football team. <laughs> 100%. All right. Got it. Got it. Mitch, I've only got one more news story for this week. Sure. And, uh, are you familiar at all with the Boston Dynamics robot? Have you seen the videos of this thing? No, this is brand new news to me. So uh, for those of you who don't know, there's this one robot who's kind of graced the internet over the last probably year and a half. Is it's- this Sophia? No, it's not Sophia. Oh, it's actually okay. it's got no head, but it's like a, a torso with legs and arms. And oh, they it's have like the spider-looking thing. I, I mean, it looks like a person with no neck or head. But oh, well, then I'm uh, way off. Okay. But it, like, it's very clearly a robot. But anyway, there have been videos out the last like year and a half or so of this robot doing random human-like things. Like they have it box jumping, and they have it like delivering packages, and it's all very oddly human-ish, even though it's very clearly a robot. And so people have been looking at this Boston Dynamics robot as like. Like, this is the beginning of the end? Yeah. Well, a video came out yesterday that I saw of this Boston Dynamics robot doing a full gymnast routine. Like, full, smooth motion, would have scored very highly at the Olympics, gymnast routine, and thus pushing up the timeline of the robot takeover, uh, basically up a millennium, and we're all going to die. So that's kind of where I'm at right now as we record this podcast. I'm kind of freaking out. Okay, so you just saw robot Caitlin Ohashi. Yes, 100%. Again, uh, uh, this new segment is full of pauses. Go pause, find this video. You'll know what I mean. It looks alarmingly natural for this robot to do like this sequenced choreographed gymnast routine. It was like a floor routine. routine? It was like a floor routine? It's a floor routine, yes. 100% with the full tumbles and the the like stands and it, it, you got to watch it. It's crazy. Uh, wow. We're all going to die. Moral of the story. So the Illuminati's in the NFL. Robots are taking over. This has been the weirdest news segment of all time. Caitlin Robohashi. Who's called that? Does anyone know? Do you know who Kayla Nohashi is? I don't. So you you seen that UCLA gymnastics video of of she does a perfect ten floor routine. It okay. came out it like it got it happened like earlier this year, like January, like okay. way early. And this, I mean, this chick nails her floor routine. It's actually super impressive. Go pause it if you don't know what I'm talking about. Pause it again. Go watch. There's Kayla no Nohashi. rules, guys. Just watch this and watch YouTube videos at the same time. That's Just not do home. It. Come on. I mean, go watch Caitlyn. I mean, it's it's impressive. I mean, it's really impressive. So you saw okay. Caitlyn Robohashi. Okay. Yeah. Because it's robot so. Caitlyn Ohashi. Yeah. I so. guess so. Man, it's crazy. The world's crazy out there with robots it's, these days. It's it's out of control, man. Yeesh. I think that's gonna do it for our news and recap section. Um. Before we take a break, let's get into this week's news segment. We just did news, big boy. New segment. New? I was like, news? What are you throwing me right New now? I have nothing in the show notes. Segment. Okay. All Sorry, right. I need to pronounce a little bit. No, more. it's okay. We're on the same page. It's not, okay. Not Dad's not home. That's not home. That's okay. <laughs> We break all the rules. <laughs> this I love that that's our excuse for everything we do now is just dad's not home. It's like, like, oh, man, I messed up. Dad's not home. But we it's suck okay. and I don't listen to what you're saying. Ah, dad's not home. It's fine. Don't it's worry fine. about it. It's all right. Goodness but we got, we got a new segment. It's, it's just a recreation of a regular here on the Sports Hour. And Jordy, would you like to bring us into it? Yeah. Are we are we officially talking about, oh, Jordy's favorites? Oh, okay. oh yeah. You're not my dad. 
Daddy's favorites reworked. It's now Jordy's favorites, even though you can still call me daddy if you want to. Oh. My, oh, that, I don't that know was about gross. that. That was gross to me, and I'm it, who it's, I'm talking It's about. reserved for one guy, and he's not home. And it's so. still gross when he does it. Uh, <laughs> it all right, it's really so nasty, for my favorite of last week, we're going back to the NFL, and we're looking at Minnesota Vikings running back Dalvin Cook. I am absolutely in love with Dalvin Cook. As a human being, as an NFL running back, I love him. Uh, had a huge game against Oakland. Rushed 16 times for 110 yards. Rushed for a touchdown. His long run was 25. He also caught four balls on five targets. This guy, if you are playing fantasy football, is probably winning your league right now. He's been incredible. He's been so fun to watch. I'm just praying and keeping my fingers crossed that he is able to play a full healthy season because we haven't seen that yet. But man, when that guy is on the field, he's been absolutely electric, Mitch. I love it. I love the choice. Yep. So, super simple. Dalvin Cook, I love you. You are Jordy's favorite for this week. There you go. Um, so, we have Jordy's favorites. But now we got uh, a new segment we've been doing the last couple of weeks. It's called The Pit of Misery. Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. dilly, dilly. Uh, Dad's not home. Um, so, <laughs> still not sponsored by Bud Light. Still not sponsored by Bud Light. Sponsored. Sponsored is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Still not sponsored by Bud Light. Um, past entrants into the pit of misery have included James Conner and the entire Cincinnati Bengals offensive line. Are they still down there? How does this work? Um, you stay down there until you've done something worth coming out. Got it. So like, you can come in and drop the rope down eventually for guys, but until that moment comes, they're still in the pit of misery. Yeah, yeah. And Oof. James Conner has not done anything. True. Cincinnati Bengals offensive line has not done anything. So they're going to stay down there. And I think they're probably going to stay down there for a long time. So um, this week's entrant into the pit of misery, Dilly Dilly, is going to be Derek. Nope, not Derek Henry. I read that wrong. Sorry. It's Corey Davis. It's Corey Davis going into the pit of misery. Look, dude, you are one of the biggest top five busts we've had in the last 10 years. You're an absolute disgrace of a football player. Literally, stop playing football. Stop playing football. Just go home, go back to school, learn how to sell insurance, and start doing that because you're going to be better suited doing that than you are catching footballs. You are absolutely an atrocious excuse for an NFL wide receiver, and I wish you would just go away. Three for 44, and you're so top, you were a top five pick, and you're in your third year of your career, and you still can't figure it out. Go home, sell insurance. Corey Davis, you are now in the pit of misery. Dilly, dilly. I would like to think that the guards like grabbed Derrick Henry by the shoulders and like had him ready to hoist into the pit of misery. And then you were like, whoa, 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 hold on. I read the wrong name. I Corey would like Davis. to think Corey that Davis Corey Davis would like, would like fight back and try to grab him with their hands. But then his hands would slip right off of him because he can't grab onto anything. I don't think his hand-eye coordination is good enough to actually connect where he wants to throw punches. He's a terrible wide receiver. Seriously, go home and sell insurance. You're awful. Dilly dilly. Terrible. Guys, that's going to wrap up this first half of our first crossover show. The Mitch Bo's two-week house party is what we're branding it as. So, guys, when we come back, we are going to get in to... Mitch Moe's top five list of the week, including Jordo Burrito's top five list of the week. We're going to have some fun conversation there. We're also going to do some stash or trash and our DFS lineups for the week. We are also going to be doing our quick picks, our absolute favorite segment here on the show, guys. So stick around 
and we'll be right back. Oh, boom shakalaka! Welcome back to Mitch Mo's two-week house party. Dad's gone. Dad's gone. Dad's gone. We got Jordan Fox here. Um, We're going to get into some top fives. Some top fives. A pastime here on the Sports Hour. New to the Daily Double Up. Yeah, baby. So, let's start with our guests. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. I feel like I'm being cheated right now. Right. I have not had the honor of hearing the Mitch Mo's Top 5 of the Week jingle oh. in person. And yeah, I'm going to make you do it. Okay, so I got to go first? Oh, I mean, I'll go first, but I want to hear the jingle. All right. Well, guys, we're going to have a dual episode, a dual list episode here on this week's edition of Mitch Mo's Top 5 List of the Week. So good. Mr. So Fox, good. kick us off, my friend. All right. Mitch, for the, my top five this week, I want to ask you a question. When your parents were gone as a child, what was the number one thing you wanted to do that you can share on radio? <laughs> that I can share on the air. Um, man, I don't know. You uh, want to stay up all night and play video games. Oh, Because dad's not home. There's no rules. There's no bedtime. You're playing video games all night. And if you yes. were like me, a lot of the video games you played as a child were sports video games. Yes. We're sports fans. It's what we do. So my top five are top five sports video games of all time. Okay. I okay. like it. I this is like going to be opinionated. Lot. This is going to be weird. You're probably not going to agree with me, but we're going here. Right. Number five. Are you ready? Yeah. Hit me with it. The intro for the Daily Double Up is one of the most infamous sounds in video game history. It is the intro to my number five game, which is NBA Jam. Oh, 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 oh. oh boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. NBA Jam. It's a classic. Yeah. I played it on the Game Boy, which was probably the worst way to play that game. Might have been the only way to play that game. I don't remember, but it was great. Hearing boom shakalaka or he's on fire and seeing the ball just catch fire and then shooting nothing but half court shots or just punching people in the face to steal the ball from them. Man, that was just the best thing you could possibly do as a kid. It was fantastic. I honestly, right off the bat, confused NBA Jam jam with nba street they're they're similar ish just one is not good and one is yeah <laughs> <laughs> you can take your guess at which one it is yeah right oh <laughs> spoiler alert it's nba jam because that's the one that's on this list yeah number four mitch and this is mostly just from my opinion because this is the game that i loved uh possibly the most as a kid is tony hawk pro skater one on the playstation 2 it's a banger it's a banger. It's a banger. And for of those a game. of you who do not say that skateboarding games are sports games, I tell you, poo-poo your opinion because your opinion is poo-poo. It, it's poo-poo. It is bad. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 is a fantastic game. It's phenomenal. It's one of the first games I ever had on my first console, which was Sega Dreamcast, Ooh. not PlayStation 2. Ooh. But the game was great. I spent countless hours in it. Uh, and even though I don't skate, this made me feel as if I knew something about skating, which made me feel cool on the playground. You know what I mean? Who was your favorite skater on there? Bob Burntquist. Oh, 
That's a good choice. He's mine, great. Mine was Bucky Lassick. Yep, that's also a good one. Yeah. That's also a good one. Bucky Lassick, shout out. So, so far we have NBA Jam and Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Number three is an N64 game, and it's Mario Tennis. Okay. Mario Tennis for the N64 is a hidden gem of a video game. Not yeah, everyone you're have played to do it. some convincing. Not everyone played it, but those who did know it is great. It is a phenomenal game. Countless hours with your friends sitting around the N64 playing Mario versus Peach or Mario versus Bowser, slinging balls back and forth. It was a wonder of engineering for the time, and it is still great today. It's a wonderful game. See, I when it comes to Mario games, I'm always partial to either Mario Kart so or I Mario actually, Party. So. I forgot to to preface this. I have, in my top five, I have no Madden, 2K, or FIFA games because those are all exactly the same every single year just with updated names and graphics. Okay. okay. I have cut out all of those. I have also cut out Mario Kart because that would be the clear number one and that's not fun for anybody. Yeah, that's a clear, that's a clear one. So, when but we're which talking one? about but, Mario okay, so games... But, but just before you move on, Double Dash, that's the best one, right? No. Nope. Mario Kart 8. What, what is the Mario Kart on the 64? Why can't I remember the name? It's not Double Dash. What is the other one? Just 64. Is it just Mario Kart 64? I think so. That's the best one. The, the original. Yes. Mario Kart... Uh, is uh, that the original? They, is Mario Kart 64 the original? I don't I think, think it is. I think so. It might be. I don't know. Regardless, Mario do your Kart, research. Get get on us at the on the socials and let us know. But. Give us a review. Give us a five star review. But then tell us how we suck in the comments. So, uh, Mario Kart sixty four is the best one. Just for, okay. for preface. But the other sixty four game that includes Mario is Mario Tennis. It's phenomenal. If you haven't played it, go dig up a sixty four somewhere and play it. You will not be disappointed even today in twenty nineteen. All Great right, game. quality. Number two is my actual favorite game of my childhood. This is it. This is my favorite one. Takes number two, but this is my favorite. Backyard Baseball. Oh, my God. Right? The it's game the you best. forgot existed, but then now that you hear the name, you have all these memories. Regardless back. of the year, it was the best game to come out on PC. 100%. But I'm specifically choosing just Backyard Baseball. No year, the first one. But So there's no pros There's no available. pros in it. Yeah. Okay. The, the pre-pro era of Backyard Baseball. Yeah. The era where it was just Pablo Sanchez and Keisha Phillips and the then goat. whoever else you picked. The GOAT, Pablo Sanchez. Dude. The guy could do everything. He could do everything. You want him to pitch? He can pitch. Sure. I think that the MLB should really consider inducting him into the Hall of Fame. I would agree. I think it would be a classic. Like, move. seriously consider putting Pablo Sanchez in there. Yep, I agree. Man, that game is so good, Mitch. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's I spent fantastic. so much of my childhood. You know, you'd make game. the like the the World Series of oh, backup, yeah. and you'd play. And you got that to play in that larger than life feeling stadium. Yeah, like where it was like seven layers high. But you're still using the big aluminum bat that let you hit it out of the entire stadium. Oh, and with Pablo, it was just like you you could be five seconds late and it's still dead yep, center. One hundred percent. That game was excellent. Perfect. That's my number two spot. And so I know what you're thinking. If backyard baseball, the goat is my number two spot. What takes the number one spot? And I will tell you, it's another baseball game. It is MVP baseball, 2005. Oh, it's the best one. It is yes. the best game. A, a, a sports related game in the history of the world. Manny Ramirez is on the cover in the prime of Manny Ramirez. He oh. was excellent. This game had an owner's mode well before its time. Oh, it was so perfect. We're seeing owner's modes in 2019 that are not even close to as good as MVP Baseball 2005 was. Franchise mode in in 2005 was just excellent. Unreal. Perfect. Unreal. I want to also say too that an, they made an excellent substitution for Barry Bonds with John Dowd. John Dowd. John Dowd, 
Are you kidding me? And this, this this like three hundred and eighty five pound six foot six white man, John Dowd. Dude, yeah, and he hit bombs. Yep, and he he hit the ball like Barry Bonds hits dude, the ball. By the way, best soundtrack of any baseball game. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. That was going Drop to be Kick a contributing Murphy's. factor. Yep, uh, that was going to be a contributing factor. That was my introduction to Dropkick Murphys. I had never heard that any of those songs before that soundtrack came out. Oh god. Man, that game is fantastic. So that was, to recap, NBA Jam at the five spot, Tony Hawk Pro Skater, Mario Tennis, Backyard Baseball, and then MVP Baseball 2005 as this week's Jordy's Top 5 Video Games of All Time. Oh, wow. That was a great one. I Thanks, love man. that Appreciate list. Appreciate it. That was fantastic. Appreciate it. You you took it to a new level. I mean, I'm here and Dad's not home. So Dad's not home, so there's no rules. You could take it to whatever level you want. I'm going to, and I did. You know what? I'm going to take it to another level, though. I'm going to stay on the same level as you. I'm not one to show up anyone. I'm just going to stick around with you, and I'm going to do something just as good. Well, maybe not as good. I'm not going to be cocky. It's probably not going to be as good. But have you ever like watched a sporting event happen, a great moment, and you're like, man... What if something else had happened to change the outcome of that game? Yeah, I know exactly what it, you mean. Yeah. And that's why on this week's edition of Mitch Moe's Top 5 List of the Week, we're going to do the biggest what-ifs in sports history. Oh, this is going to be beefy. This, this is going to get beefy. We're going to have some conversation. Love it. I think it's going to be fun. Love it. Um, let's start with some honorable mentions. Um, Shooter Joe Jackson. Never throws the 1919 World Series. Okay. This career. is an honorable mention? That's an honorable mention. Wow. Um, okay. Career isn't cut short. He winds up being the greatest hitter of all time, and he's probably in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Okay. Um, Tim Donahue never colludes and throws game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Okay. Yep. Kings probably win that one, right? Yep. That hurts. That cuts me deep. I'm going to be I really know. That one hits you. home for you as a Holy Kings fan. Holy smokes, huh? that hurts my soul. Yeah. Um, what if Drew Brees goes to Miami in free agency instead of New Orleans? The Dolphins aren't the worst football team that we've ever seen in the history of the NFL. Dolphins might win a might win a Super Bowl. Maybe. Might. Maybe. Um, and number one is or I'm sorry, not number one, but the last honorable mention is what if Wayne Gretzky stays in Edmonton and doesn't get traded to the LA Kings? Um, Edmonton probably wins a few more Stanley Cups there. Dude, I'm still just picturing Drew Brees and Jarvis Landry on the Dolphins together. I know. It's it's, wow. It's what a weird contrast to the world we're actually living in right now. Devontae Parker might be a relevant wide receiver. Wow. Weird. If Drew Brees is there. Weird. All right, weird. anyway, Mitch. Anyway, number five. And we're gonna start off strong at number five. What if Babe Ruth and I got never got traded from Boston? What if? What if? So Babe Ruth gets traded to Boston or from Boston to the New York Yankees. Um and it's all to gain some more money. Yep. For the owner, because the owner, who is a theater connoisseur of so, sorts, sells Babe Ruth to the Yankees, gets more money, so he can produce his play called No No Nanette, which bombed on the stage, by the Obviously way. Obviously a banger. It was terrible. And Babe Ruth leaves. That starts an 86-year World Series drought for the Boston Red Sox, and something they infamously call... The curse of the Bambino. The curse. Um, meanwhile, the Yankees go on to win like 27 World Series. Yep. I mean, a lot of World Series. Um, but what if Babe Booth never gets traded? I'll tell you what happens. 
he still has the same sort of production and output here. Short porch in Fenway Park, right? So he probably hits, he might even hit more home runs than 714. Um, they probably win more World Series there, um, not winning their final one in 1918, and don't have the 86-year drought. They don't have the curse of the Bambino, and the Yankees probably don't win 27 World Series up until 2004 when the curse is broken. Man, and we would all be so much happier. You know how many people would not have to waste their lives hating the Yankees if that happened? The world would be a better place. Yep, I agree. Did you see the price tag that Babe Ruth sold for? Oh, tell me about it. 25K. Yeah. Which is hilarious. That's what it took to produce a Broadway show, man. That's hilarious. Can you believe that? Traded to the Yankees for 25K. Arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest, baseball player of all time. If not the most notable. I mean, he is the most notable, right? Oh, yeah. You could ask anybody off the street. Name, no one, everyone name knows one who... baseball player that you know, and Babe Ruth would probably be the common denominator. Yeah. I mean, $25,000? Yeah, What's dude. that equate to? All it, for the great it, Bambi. It, I mean, it's un, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. Number four on the list. What if the tuck rule never happened? What if that's a fumble? What if? What if that's a fumble? Let me tell you what if. If that's a fumble, John Gruden never leaves Oakland. Wow, really? John Gruden never leaves Oakland. In fact, he leads Oakland to not only the Super Bowl that year in 2001, he also leads them back-to-back 2002, wow. beating some other team other than the Buccaneers. Wow. The Buccaneers' defense is never regarded as one of the great defenses of all time. The Bucks just kind of get wiped from the face of the earth. John Gruden might stay with Oakland through 2010. That's incredible. But that might also alter today's reality where John Gruden is not the head coach of the Oakland Raiders because he has no desire to go back Yeah, and finish so we, what he So started. we don't get the cool comeback story, but who cares? Who cares? We get a really cool John Gruden-Oakland story in the early 2000s. What does it do for the Patriots? I don't think it does much. They're still just incredible. We all hate them. Tom Brady wins one less Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> Turns out the Patriots are just good. But and this doesn't impact Tom Brady them at doesn't all. have a dynasty in the early 2000s because he doesn't win 01. He only wins three and four, right? So that changes all of that. But who wins 02? Probably go Oakland, Oakland. Then you go New England, New England. But who's playing New England in those AFC championships? Likely component. Oakland, yeah, so we because just they don't weird... have the crushing defeat of the Tuck Rule, and John Gruden's still there with an established system. We just live in this weird world now where the Raiders and Patriots are all of a sudden this rivalry that continues to happen for four straight years. We have this weird reality where Oakland's good every year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. I mean, that, that, that's where that winds up. But it, Tuck Rule, what if it never happened? We're yeah, looking at that. Fun. Number three, what if John? Elway actually played for the Colts. If John Elway actually played for the Colts, would they actually move from Baltimore? Because when he was drafted to the Colts, they had not yet moved to Indianapolis. They were still in Baltimore. They actually packed up shop the following year. John Elway famously said he did not want to go play in Baltimore because it would get too cold during the winter. Right. Uh, he was from Stanford. He was a sunny boy, which oddly he picked Denver out of all of those. Right. Um, I think in the phone call he was like, I might go play for the Yankees. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, he, he wanted to go play for the Yankees. He told him if they draft him, he will go play professional baseball. Very good two-way sport athlete. And actually, Steinbrenner really liked him. 
Yeah. <laughs> like he's, um, he gets traded from Indianapolis, who initially drafts him, to Denver. Um, goes and plays. All of a sudden, he's like happy with Denver. Like, oh, yeah, I don't want to play in the cold weather in Baltimore, but I'll go a mile high up in elevation and go play in Denver. Right, because that makes any sense. Yeah, where there snows all the time. That's real cool, dude. Um, but what if he had actually played for the Colts? Colts don't actually move, and they build a franchise around him. Now, think about when John Elway played till 1998. Yep. If he plays... With Baltimore Colts through 1998, one, we don't have an Indianapolis team, I don't think. And two, do the Colts take Peyton Manning? I would Because uh, he was drafted not. in 1998. Yeah, I would assume not. Because Elway might play, might be playing still because his career hasn't been derailed by, or not derailed, but you know maybe he has a longer career in Baltimore. We don't know that. We can't predict that. Yep. But what if he does? Did the Colts actually take Peyton Manning? Where does Peyton Manning end up? Who knows? Maybe he's a Bronco to start with. So there's a lot of different things that could happen in this scenario. It's it's fun to think about. This but is a fun segment because you can just come out here and say all the hot takes you want to, and nobody can dispute you just because it doesn't really happen. So who knows? Yeah, no penalty. Yeah, right. No pe- I can say ridiculous home. things. No penalty. <laughs> John Elway awesome. plays for the Colts. Ronald Reagan does not win that election. Good Lord. What just happened? Where are we? <laughs> okay. Number two. What if Scott Norwood made that field goal? Wide right. Wide right. If you don't know the, the, the history behind this, Scott Norwood was a kicker for the Buffalo Bills. When the Bills made their first of four consecutive Super Bowl appearances, losing all four. What if Scott Norwood made the field goal? What if? We would not have Bill's Mafia today. No, come on. I don't think we would, and I'll tell you why. Don't come at Bill's Mafia like that. Bill's win. If they win that first one, I still think they make the first four because they were by far the best team in the AFC at that time. Yeah, 100%. They were they were just a powerhouse. Yeah. They make those four. I think they beat the Redskins, and I think they beat the Cowboys one of those times. Okay. So they get three out of four. Now they're the New England Patriots of the 90s, and we're talking about the Bills as the greatest team of the 90s. They're still a top three best team of the 90s for me. But we're talking about them as the runaway best team of the 90s. Bills Mafia doesn't happen because they're not a depressed fan base. So they don't need They to, don't like, have do to worry about drinking themselves. beer, lighting tables on fire, and then jumping through them in the parking lot because, hey, we got Super Bowls now. We're winning football games. We're winning football games. And the Bills team probably is a perennial playoff attendee if they win those because people want to go play in Buffalo now. They want to go play for a winner. Here's my question. Is this a world we want to live in? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I think because Bill's Mafia I is love, doing a good thing for I the NFL. I love Bill Ma- the Bills Mafia. I like a world where the Bills didn't win the Super Bowl. Did you see the video of the dad baptizing the, the baby into the Bills Mafia? Straight through the table. Just right through this little <laughs> mini table. It was the most adorable thing I've ever oh, seen. Oh, it's fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, man, am I glad why ride happened, basically. More Pretty much. But you know what? And Scotty Norwood was, is still beloved by the city of Buffalo. Much but if like Scott Norwood dink. makes that field goal... They have statues of Scott Norwood all over the place. Oh, 100%. Statues of Scott Norwood, the kicker. Not yep. even Jim, uh, screw Jim Kelly. Screw Thurman Thomas. Andre Reed. So we want Scotty Norwood. Kind of like Chicago is going to make a statue for Panero pretty soon here. Oh, Eddie De Niro? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Eddie absolutely. De Niro. De Niro, he's my Best baby. nickname in the game right now. But number one. 
Number one on the list, and it's not even close. What if Bo Jackson never got hurt? This is the greatest athlete of the 20th century. Uncontested. 100%. I had said Jim Thorpe based on achievements for a long time. Right. But Bo Jackson physically was Superman. He was unbelievable. There, I mean, there are, there are literally stories you hear about Bo Jackson that sound like myth. Yeah, like myth. Like he was a he when he was a teenager, he jumped over a forty foot ditch. Right, he's like a blend between Chuck Norris and like a Greek god. The way stories come out. I mean, it was absolutely fantastic. I mean, the stories about Bo Jackson were like this guy is a legend before he's even a professional athlete. Yep. Um. Not only a stellar baseball player and a stellar football player, but like equally stellar at both of them. Um, he his career was cut short um, due to a dislocated hip that he sustained against the Bengals, um, and it, it actually like when his hip popped out of place, it severed the vein that fed the blood to the cartilage between the hip and the socket, and it he bled all on the inside, and then it like killed the cartilage yeah you told me about this today i'd actually never heard this fact before yeah i I, I hadn't heard it until like the other night when i watched you know Bo or, or you don't you know don't Bo. know Bo. yeah which by the way great 30 for 30 go watch you don't know Bo. um it was uh it, it it was really a devastating injury um he never could play football again he came back to play baseball but still even then he wasn't he was just a shell of himself yeah this is this could have been an easily a 500 homer guy yeah easily one of the fastest players. Of all. He might have been a 500 homer, 1,000 steal guy. Which is absolutely insane for a dual sport athlete. Yeah. Like, he could have been in both Hall of Fames. This is a both. weird scenario because you could play out what happens in his NFL career as well as his MLB career. You know what I mean? Like, like and have a clear picture for what both. What does he do on both sides if we never see Bo get injured with this hip injury? Like, you literally have a clear... Like, there are, there are athletes... That played dual sport like Deion Sanders. Yes. Played baseball and football. Yes. And like, there's not really a clear picture of had he just picked one or the other. Is Bo a multi sport Hall of Famer? Had he not gotten hurt, yes, he would. That's crazy. That's wild. Absolutely. He would have been a Hall of Famer first ballot for both sports had he not gotten hurt. Which really speaks to how much of a travesty this injury really was. It's, it's the greatest tragedy. As far as losing an athlete to injury too early in the 20th century. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just, it's a tragedy. Did you see Bo talking about how he won't let his kids play football? Like, I if didn't. his kids wanted to play football, he basically was like, I'll just smack them in the mouth. Like, go play anything else. Play baseball, play basketball, play soccer, whatever. Oh, wow. Go play any sport other than football. He won't allow his kids to play football. Which... I understand. I think uh, we've had this conversation before, Mo. When, if rather, I, you, and I have boys. I don't know if I'll let my kid play football, given given the state of how football is right now, just because of the information that we now know, as opposed to the technology we have. You know what I mean? So I get it. Like I get where the guy's coming from, and especially the way his career ended. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not surprised he takes a stance of, man, go play anything else. Go go make money in baseball. Go play basketball. Go do whatever. Just don't play football. You know, you know, and, I, and I'm I, I'm on the opposite aisle of you, as you know. Um, I just feel like you need to, like, you know, if my kid wanted to go play football, I'd tell him, hey. Yeah, here's this, the dangers. Here's no the dangers. Here's what you're doing. Here's how we prevent those things. Now go have a blast. Because I think there's a lot of things – that football teaches you in life that, that that you can translate into real life. 
there's a lot of life skills that you can learn as a young kid playing football, such as responsibility, teamwork, camaraderie, um, those basic things that you learn in team sports that you that really get hammered home in football because they do the whole family um, ideology in football. And I, 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 I think there's a lot of good lessons to be learned. Um, and if he doesn't like it, he doesn't like it, then that's cool. He doesn't have to play. But you know, I, I would encourage him if he wanted to to go try it, and I would tell him the risks. Yeah, yeah. I hear you. And I'm not going to knock anybody for being like, yeah, I'm going to let my kid play football. I it's love the same, football. I mean, it's it's the my same favorite sport kids, in the world. But it's, it's the same reason why you know, people, some people don't let their kids ride motocross. You right. Know, right. That, that, yeah, there's, a, there's an inherent risk right. that comes with it. Um, here's the risk to it. But I think you should go have a blast and try it if you want to try it. Totally. I hear you. I hear you. So, yeah. Cool but, top five, Mo. But, yeah, that is the top five list of the week for Mitch Mo. Um, I love We are going to move on. To our daily double up segments here. Let's get into stash or trash. Yeah, baby. So I'm going to take this one over here. Uh, if you listen to the daily double up, you know the way this segment works. But if you do not, let me fill you in. We play uh, DraftKings every single week and we play the Sunday main slate. And so we look at those players and DraftKings gives you a $50,000 price to work with. And so if you average those out among all of the players you got to choose for fantasy, that leaves you $5,500 per player or roughly 11% of your total lineup. Our stashes are all going to be guys underneath that 11% threshold, and our trashes are going to be guys all above that 11% threshold. The trashes are guys we don't like, obviously, and we don't think you should pay for, and the stashes are guys that we think are incredible values. We're going to pick two of each. I'll go ahead and start, Mo, if that's okay with you. Yes, go ahead. Start it off, Cool. Man. My first stash for week four of the NFL season is going to be Josh Jacobs versus the Colts. 5100 bucks on DraftKings or 10.2% of your total budget. Uh, listen, man, we had an incredible week one of Josh Jacobs and then two weeks of kind of phantom Josh Jacobs. Yep. Not a whole lot of incredible fantasy productions out of the guy. Uh, he's really come down to earth since his breakout in week one. 9.9 fantasy points in week two and 4.4 last week. Not really what you're looking for. But uh, that's resulted in his price tag coming down again. We saw week one his price was ridiculous because uh, DraftKings didn't adjust for week one positioning, basically. Right. And then Josh Jacobs' pricing in week two and three was back up there, but he's performed poorly and so now he's back in the 5100 range and he's incredibly affordable again 10.2 percent of your total total budget i think this is the week we see josh jacobs score his first nfl touchdown they're playing a colts team that just allowed devonta freeman to rush for 5.5 per carry last week devonta freeman's another guy that we have seen just struggle mightily so far in the season i think devonta freeman is less talented than josh jacobs is so i think josh jacobs is going to do much of the same to this colts defense as far as rushing per per or yardage per rush goes and then i really do think this is the week we see josh jacobs kind of fall into the end zone for one if not two touchdowns so 5100 bucks or 10.2 percent of your total lineup is going to be well worth it if you get josh jacobs falling into the end zone the way i think he might I mean, I would love to see Josh Jacobs score his first NFL touchdown. It's coming, 100%. Um, but it but it's already happened. Has it already happened? Am it, I miss? Am I forgetting? Yeah, week one against. Denver. Oh, week one he did get in. You're right. <laughs> You're right. He did get in. Excuse but me. I, I like the pick. I like the pick. Uh, like you said, cost effective. Uh, you're you're kind of banking on the rebound here. You're banking on the down weeks. Yeah, going right, up, right, right. And hey, you know what my excuse is for getting that for for getting that stat? Hmm. Dad's not home. 
That's not home. So yeah, I'm, allowed, I'm allowed to, to forget. I'm you. allowed to forget touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. That's not home. Yep, Mitchmo, yeah. what's your first stash um, of the week? So my first stash of the week, we're gonna go back to the tight end position here, and I'm gonna go with Will Disley against Arizona. Uh, had the two touchdowns last uh, last week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Yeah, um, two weeks ago, and I like just got rid of Nick Vanette. They bring back in Luke Wilson, another receiving tight end. I don't think the hit's going to be as big as everyone gets it up to be. I think he's going to be a very touchdown-dependent type guy. But coming against Arizona, uh, a struggling defense, I think you can take the gamble on Will Disley. $3,600 on DraftKings. That's 6.5% of your total budget. I think you can take the risk on a, on a, low, on a low-paying guy and, and go get Will Disley against Arizona. Nice. I like the pick. I like it. Also, Mitch, uh, Josh Jacobs had two touchdowns against Denver. I'm an idiot. Uh, so no, it's okay. You're not an idiot. I mean, hey. I can. It, it can be true that I'm an idiot and hey. also just happen to be wrong. Don't say that about yourself. It's okay. We all know. We just all because know Dad's happening. not home, that doesn't mean you have to talk down to yourself. <laughs> I shouldn't beat myself up over forgetting basic stats. Yeah. Okay. All right. Will Disley. I like it, Mitch. My second stash for Week Four is going to be Christian Kirk versus Seattle. Fifty-one hundred bucks on DraftKings or ten point two percent of your total budget. Same exact as Josh Jacobs. Price tag. Um, the Cardinals have been kind of a weird case for fantasy purposes. David Johnson has been uh, pretty good, but kind of average. Kyler Murray hasn't been quite what we want to see yet out of Kyler Murray, but he's also just been okay. The two guys of note have been Larry Fitzgerald and then Christian Kirk because they're the only two guys that Kyler Murray throws the ball to. Christian Kirk's target share through the first three weeks has been 12, 8, and then 12 again, which are just pretty pretty quality, highly inflated numbers for the wide receiver position. Um and I, I, it's kind of a coin flip on whether or not he or Fitz are Kyler Murray's favorite target any given week. So uh, I think this is going to be another game against Seattle where, one, they're trailing. I don't believe the Cards are going to win this game. I think they're going to be trailing against the Seahawks, as probably most people do. And I think Kyler's going to have to throw his way into a potential win or throw his way out of trouble in this game. And uh, when one of his two top targets is only $5,100 on DraftKings, yeah, sure, I'm going to take those 12 targets any day of the week. Christian Kirk has been pretty efficient on those 12 targets. I think he got 10 of 12 last Sunday. Uh, But, man, even if he's not even half as efficient as he has been, 12 targets is pretty pretty safe to bet on at the $5,100 price tag. Yeah, I I think... That's a, that's a pretty safe bet, especially when, when we see a guy, the 36-year-old Larry Fitzgerald, who's been having these crazy weeks of production and, and uh, inefficiency. It's just target um, share, man. Like, it, when you're having the ball thrown to you that many times, of course you're going to have a resurgence in numbers, you ev- know? Eventually you will, yeah. Totally. Uh, exactly. And I think we'll see that decrease in, with Larry, too. I think the hot start will, will cool off, and Kyler Murray will start to find more of those weapons that he has at his disposal um, Interesting. In the, in the coming weeks. I'm still pretty high on Larry Fitzgerald season long. I like Larry Fitzgerald quite a bit, but that doesn't mean that Christian Kirk isn't going to still no, get I, his. I like, so. Larry, I like Larry too. I, I'm starting him. Yeah. So yeah. I like Larry just fine. But um, yeah, it's my two cents, I guess. Um, my last stash of the week is going to be Demarcus Robinson from the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Okay. He is playing the Detroit Lions this week. $5,200 on DraftKings. That is 9.4%. Of your total budget. Look, Sammy Watkins has been the top target getter every single week of the year. But who has been most efficient with their targets so far 
through the season, especially in the last two weeks, it's been Demarcus Robinson. Yep. He's been catching darn near everything that Pat Mahomes has been throwing his way. By the way, Jordan, you may take your lap now. Yeah, so if you listen to the double up, I uh, w- <laughs> Mitch was down on Patrick Mahomes. He tried to trash Patrick Mahomes last week, and I told him a crazy person. We we made a little bet on it. I said Patrick Mahomes was going to be just fine. Mitch was like, nah, he's trash. I don't want to play him. And then lo and behold, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. So this is my victory lap. Let me take it around the couch real quick. And I'm back. Uh, so, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is good, guys. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, he's very good, and Demarcus Robinson has been very good, especially against the Detroit defense. That you know, the front sevens looked pretty decent. It, it was impressive in Week One. Mm-hmm. It looked impressive through the preseason. It, mm-hmm. They've been okay, um, but the secondary is still, uh, I think, a little bit more subject than we like to see in the defense um, to consider it a, to consider it a threat. Um, Demarcus Robinson's been catching darn near everything that Pat Mahomes has sent his way, and I think that we're going to see that again this coming week against Detroit. Yeah, I, I, I like it. Uh, that offense is an offense you want as far as fantasy goes. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is really good, like we just said, and when he's spreading the ball around, uh, any number of guys can get it. I'm really enjoying Michael Hardman on that team as well right now. Um, there's all kinds of guys that, that you want for fantasy purposes. So that's a great budget pick, Mitch. I love it. All right, so those were our stashes of the week for week four. Mitch, let's go ahead and roll into our trashes for week four now. It's the saddest part of the podcast outside of the pit of misery. I'll let uh, you start this time since I started stashes. Who are you trashing for week four? Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and trash Dalvin Cook. I know it's unpopular opinion. Very unpopular. Yeah. I don't like you very much. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Cool. That's daddy's favorite. Do you know who you're talking about right I, now? I know. How it, dare you? I know. I I. I just don't like him against the Chicago Bears defense, and the price you got to pay to get him is $8,300. That is 15.1% of your total budget on DraftKings. Now, look, I spent more on a specific player going on my roster this week, um, but playing such a stout defense like the Chicago Bears, um, I, I don't feel comfortable spending that much on a guy that's going to be playing a very tough defense and spending that much of my budget where I can go spend it elsewhere. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and trash Dalvin Cook. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you're you're paying top tier pricing for a running back at that price. Uh, Dalvin Cook has been incredible to this point. I talked about it earlier. He's been really good. But in DFS, you have to play uh, the narrative. There, there's a phenomenon in DFS called playing the narrative, and it's basically you got to look at a game, you got to think about how you think this game is going to go, and then you need to basically pay for players accordingly. So if you look at this Chicago Minnesota game and you think Chicago's defense is just going to roll over Minnesota and that's how they're going to win, yeah, you can't possibly justify going and spending that amount on Dalvin Cook. Now, if you believe the flip and you think Minnesota might win this game, that means Dalvin Cook is probably going to have to rush for a couple, and so then maybe you do go pay for him. But I'm on the side where I agree with you. I think the Chicago's Bears defense is the best in football. I don't feel ultra confident paying that top-tier price for a guy going against the Bears defense. Uh, I would probably stay away from him this week as well, even though I've paid for him every week up to this point. Yeah, I mean, and I think you could probably trash a lot of Minnesota players especially wide receivers on this team a fun statistic i saw about the chicago bears defense is dating back through last year they have intercepted the ball more than they've given up passing touchdowns um why by a pretty wide margin like 31 interceptions to 21 passing touchdowns dating back to last year that's a crazy statistic so they they are they're legit and i know this is coming from a homer 
a Chicago Bears truther and Homer, but it is uh, it's legit. Yeah, it's and not I a Homer would, pick. That's that's a real that's, that's a, a defense, real football fact. This is also a defense that doesn't give up a whole lot of rushing touchdowns. Yep. So. Yep. I like the pick. Like the pick, Mo. My first trash for week four is going to be uh, the love of my life, Baker Mayfield. Mm. It's sad. I got to do it though. Uh, yeah. They're playing the Ravens. He's fifty eight hundred bucks in week four. Eleven point six percent of your total budget. Uh, Rex Ryan came out this week and basically said, not even basically, he just said Baker was overrated, which is insane. I'm going to say that right now. Yeah, Rex Ryan is a crazy person. There's a reason he's not coaching in the NFL. Baker came out and flamed him today in, in an interview, and he's right. There's a reason he's not coaching the NFL. He's a crazy person. Rex, but, Rex Ryan is a fake news grandpa. It's rough. Baker's not overrated is what I'm saying, but I can understand a, a little bit of the sentiment when it comes to Baker's fantasy numbers, if, you, if you're following thus far. Uh, Baker posted a 50% completion rating and his second 64% quarterback ranking rating of the year, excuse me, uh, on Sunday. He has a three to five touchdown to interception ratio. He's not looked good. We talked about it earlier when we were talking about the Browns. He looks like he's sitting in the pocket too long. He kind of gets that deer in headlights look going on. Uh, and he's still on DraftKings kind of priced in this middle tier quarterback range around other guys that I would much rather play. I, I can't justify putting Baker Mayfield into DFS lineups until I see this Cleveland Browns team kind of figure it out. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's just where I'm at. There's not a whole lot of analysis I can say outside of Baker and the Browns have just looked bad. I don't feel confident, and I'm not going to pay 5800 bucks to go roll out a guy like Baker Mayfield when I don't he's, – he's throwing almost twice as many interceptions as he has touchdowns, and he's getting sacked a thousand times a game. I mean – and this is this. I think this narrative is true across different um, variations of fantasy sports. When it comes to Baker Mayfield, um, as a Baker Mayfield owner in my dynasty league, I have I'm skeptical about playing him again, um, just purely based on recency bias and and playing the narrative. He's just he's not been good. He hasn't been good, and I, I mean. To the point where, like, my backup quarterback situation is literally Derek Carr, Mitchell Trubisky, and Daniel Jones, and I have considered playing either one of those three over him because of his inability to get the ball out of his hand quick, and he he's throwing twice as many interceptions as he has touchdowns. He's just not a great fantasy asset right now. So I I I, I like the trash. I, I I really think that you should really reconsider playing him, especially when there's better options. There. Let me ask you this, Mitch. Would you rather play Baker Mayfield or Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew. Which is crazy, first of all. Can we say that? We, we feel more confident playing Gardner Minshew than we do Baker Mayfield. I'm not going out and saying I'm playing Gardner Minshew because I'm not, but that's a crazy reality that we just said that. I saw a meme, I saw a meme today where it was like, your internet connection goes down one bar, and then it says your YouTube video, and... The three-bar one was Gardner Minshew, and the two-bar one was Baker Mayfield. That's hilarious. I mean, it, it, he really is—he—he he really is the better option. I mean, Gardner Minshew is six hundred dollars cheaper on DraftKings. Like, this is what we're talking about. Baker Mayfield is just—he's too highly priced for what we're seeing so far. He's more expensive than Jameis Winston, and granted, Jameis Winston hasn't been great either. He's two hundred dollars more expensive than Josh Allen still. Josh Allen has won people weeks, three weeks straight in DraftKings. And he's still $200 more expensive. I don't want any part of Baker Mayfield in well, week four. Well, and look, I mean, just look, uh, look, go back to the Gardner Minshew thing. Just just look at it. Is you, you play Baker Mayfield on the basis of you're trying to get a for sure thing. 
you're trying to get a for sure thing out of Baker right. Mayfield. Yes. You might as well take the flyer on Gardner Minshew because he's just played better the last few weeks. I mean, I'm sure there's an argument to be had is for for playing Gardner Minshew in DFS. I'm not doing it. I don't have steel cojones. But my point was, Baker's just the price is not right. You know what I mean? Like it's just it, we're not seeing it, and so therefore I can't pay. So. That's where I'm at. It's not crazy analysis. There's no crazy stats here. We just eyeball test. We're not seeing it. I'm not going to pay until we see it. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm going to go back to our um, Arizona-Seattle matchup. Okay. And I'm going to trash Kyler Murray against Seattle. Um, I know he's looked he's looked fairly decent over the first couple weeks, over the first few weeks of his career. Um, but he is playing a very good Seattle defense. Now, Kyler Murray is exactly at 11% of your total budget. Um, so he's that borderline, do I waste, do I spend the 11% on a guy or not? I don't think you do. And you go back to the Baker Mayfield thing. There are better guys around that price range that you could play. Um, and, it's, and I think you play the matchup here and you look at the Seattle matchup and you go, well, you know, He's playing a very good Seattle defense um, and a defense that seems to get better week in, week out. I know they had a tough one against a uh, uh, Saints team that, that's still very loaded even without Drew Brees. Um, but I think that you have you have to be just leery of that defense and you have to go ahead and not play Kyler Murray this week. So let me get this straight. So far you have trashed Daddy's favorite for the week. And the quarterback to Daddy's stash of the week because I picked Christian Kirk. <laughs> Is that what I'm getting here, Mitch? That that's what you're getting, and you're gonna get even more blown out of your your mind's gonna be blown when you see my lineup. Goodness gracious. So, All right. So moral of the story today, guys, is that daddy's gone, and so Mitch just wants to piss off his new daddy. That makes sense to me. It's fine. I, get I it. I'm not calling you daddy. You don't have to, but it's true. My second <laughs> stash of the week. Is going to be uh, the GOAT himself, or some people would like you to believe, Tom Brady versus the Bills. 6600 bucks this week on DraftKings, 13.2% of your total lineup, which is absurd. Uh, limited in practice this week with a calf issue. This isn't super uncommon, and it's kind of hard to tell when Tom Brady is having an actual injury and when Tom Brady is just uh, needing extra ibuprofen because he has arthritis. Uh, I, I can't make that joke anymore because of Todd Gurley, huh? No. I can't make old arthritis jokes anymore because Todd Gurley actually has arthritis. Right. Yikes. Um, Tom Brady's old, and so it's hard to tell when he's actually injured and when he's just old. You know what I mean? So Tom Brady's been limited this week with a calf issue. I think this is an actual kind of little nagging injury thing, which is not the end of the world. He's for sure going to play on Sunday. Don't freak out about that part. But he's playing a Bills team that is much improved on both sides of the ball. I think this is a Bills team that's much better on offense, and I think they're also much better on defense. They have 14 takeaways through three works, three weeks. Excuse me, 14 takeaways. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's quality defensive play. And if Tom Brady is coming in slightly hobbled, I think this is a game where we could see the Bills pull an upset uh, on the defensive end of the ball and also Josh Allen and John Brown just make it happen on the offensive side of the ball. So I'm following game script here, what I'm perceiving to be the game script, and I think uh, Tom Brady is going to have an awkward Sunday. So 6600 bucks or 13.2% is too much to pay for uh, a possibly injured or hobbled Tom Brady. Yeah, I think that's a little too high too because I think if there's if there's a big upset that could happen, this week, it's Buffalo over New England. Which is crazy. Which I is love crazy. the world we're living in right now. I love Buffalo. I love Buffalo too, man. 
Man, I love Buffalo. Bills Mafia, alive and well. Yeah, I'm. I'm I, I am okay being like an honorary Bills Mafia for the week. Yeah. Please, please beat the Patriots, guys. Please, 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 for the love of all things that are holy, beat the Pats. Uh, uh, please do it. I 100 agree. Um, so that is our stash or trashes for the week. Let's get in quickly to our lineups of the week. Mr. Fox, take it away. Yes, sir. So again, if you guys are not familiar with the Daily Double Up show, Mitch and I every week close out with a head-to-head matchup between one another and the loser gets wet on the following week on Twitter. So we we throw water on the other person. Uh, gotta, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Mitch is 0-3 to open the season. So... This is where we're at. That was my shameless plug of my success thus far in the season. And Mitch, I will say, if you're going to beat me, it will be this week because my lineup is full of boomer bust guys. I don't feel super confident in what I have on paper right now, but it's here. So let's go through it. Quarterback, I'm running uh, the stack that I like to run, not the most, but probably the second most in the quarterback tight end stack. I'm running Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram. Daniel Jones is stupid cheap this week. Go get him. He's good. We already talked about it. Evan Ingram is really good, apparently, when Daniel Jones throws him the football. Uh, Also, Evan Ingram was like $2,000 cheaper than the top guy in Travis Kelsey. So Daniel Jones, Evan Ingram, I'm playing those guys. Lock it in. Feel pretty good about that. Running back, I'm going Mark Ingram, and I'm going Josh Jacobs. I already talked about Josh Jacobs being one of my stashes of the week, so I saved some money there. And Mark Ingram is going to score 1,000 fantasy points this week. Mark my words. Love it. Wide receiver, I'm going Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, and if I can pull it up, Terry McLaurin. That's my my big money saver of the week. I'm playing Terry McLaurin against that Giants team that I like a whole heck of a lot. Scary Terry. Scary Terry. Scary Terry has been absolutely nuts. Can we talk about that for just like a brief moment? He's been he's been. I, I see a lot of Jerry Rice in his play. That is that's a bold claim, but. I don't hate it. The guy's been nuts. Like, he has been just an athletic fantasy monster freak. And uh, his price tag is still stupid low on DraftKings. So he was 4500 bucks this week. Right. Which is crazy. Like, criminally low. So, I'm going Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin in my wide receiver slots. I already said Evan Ingram is my tight end. Christian Kirk, my other stash of the week, is going in my flex. And, of course, I'm playing that Chargers defense against the Miami Dolphins. Because if you play DFS, you know... You play the defenses, playing the Dolphins. So, that's who I'm rolling with. Mitch, what do you got? All right, so I'm going back to a guy we just recently talked about between him or Baker Mayfield. I'm starting off with Gardner Minshew. You're playing Gardner Minshew? Against Denver. Absolutely, I am. No kidding. $5,200 against a pretty weak Denver defense. I'll take it. Um, Gardner Minshew. Running back situation is going to be Chris Carson and the guy I mentioned earlier or alluded to. Um, when I talk about spending up on a guy, I got Christian McCaffrey nice. um, against Houston. Uh, the guy's an absolute machine. Yep. Um, wide receivers, Kenny Galladay, Larry Fitzgerald. I know I just trashed his quarterback, but I'm going to play Larry Fitz because I think he's going to be a target monster. That's hilarious. Um, and then I'm going to stack Gardner Minshew with D.D. Westbrook. I dig it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do my stack there. Tight end position going to my stash. One of my stashes, Will Disley against Arizona at $3,600. Um, playing a very weak Arizona def- pass defense. Flex going Marquise Brown. I think he rebounds from uh, from a tough week three going against Cleveland. I think I like um, Marquise Brown. And then, of course, the Chargers defense against Miami because 
any team that's playing Miami, you might as well go ahead and pay the whatever the amount. Whatever the amount. Like is. literally anything. I don't care what it is. I'll play them. Oh yeah. So a little bit of inside baseball here for you guys. Before the show, Mitch and I are going through talking about who we want to trash for the week. Like who we're looking at the the prices, figuring out who we don't like. Mitch just named like three or four guys that I said that I might have trashed this week. Just like off the cuff. Like, should I trash this guy? Like three or four of them are in Mitch's lineup. So I'm either going to be very right or I'm going to be very wrong this week. <laughs> Pretty funny. Mitch, I dig it. I like your lineup. I think you're going to have me beat this week. If I'm being honest, I could see a reality where that happens. Uh, because I'm either going to score like 6,000 points or I'm going to score about 25. So... We'll see what happens. I don't know. But that was our head-to-head picks for the week. Mitch, why don't you roll us into our last segment for the day? We are getting in, everyone. By the way, update. Just a quick update. We'll, we like to do breaking news here on Whoa. the Sports Hour now and then. What do we got? Uh, Zach Greinke still with a no-no intact through seven. Through seven. Um, so let's go Zach. Zach Greinke, one of those guys I really like. Really? I really like Zach Greinke. He's fine. Like he's a person. Yeah, no hit, no hitting the Mariners right now. So, um, but okay. I hate the Astros. So <laughs> as an A's fan, I can't stand the Astros. Um, so good for Zach. Yeah. Good for Zach. Yep. Um, but let's get into our favorite segment here on the Sports Hour, especially during football season. We're going to get into the quick picks. I'll be giving the picks for myself and. Mr. Graf, Dallin, who is out of town. Jordy will be making picks with us for the next two weeks. The um, correct picks. The correct picks, according to Jordan Fox. Um, let's have a little update on what happened last week. I went 10-6. and six. Dallin went 11-5, and five, which means my overall record has now improved to 30-17-1. Dallin is sitting at 29-18-1, gaining a game on me for the second week in the row. Watch out. So he is only one game back, but we got a lot of time. Got a lot of time, right? A lot of football left. Have some respect. We got a lot of time left. So um, I'll be giving the picks for me and Dallin. Jordan, you'll be giving your own picks. Yep. Let's get into Thursday night. Guys, we have the Green Bay Packers. They are leaving the frozen tundra up in Wisconsin, Lambeau Field, and heading over to the city of brotherly love to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallin and I both have the Eagles in this game. We just like the matchup. I don't think Green Bay gets to 4-0. Um, I think this Green Bay team is a lot better than we thought they were going to be. But this is a, I think this is the week that Philly gets back on track, especially with Alshon Jeffrey coming back. Well, this is good because I get to pick a game up on you guys. Literally, first opportunity I have. You got to be crazy. Mitch Dodd, if you think I'm not going with my boys... I want you to take that sentence and put it right back in your mouth. Yeah, I'm stealing your sentence. That's right, I did it. You best believe I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. Give me them cheese heads. This is not a homer pick, believe it or not. I think this is a much improved Green Bay Packers team, which feels funny because they've been so good for so long. They are so good defensively, Mitch. I don't think you realize how good they are defensively. They are so good defensively. I don't think that Eagles team has looked particularly good. I don't like the Eagles at all right now, actually. I think they look like trash. I think the Packers roll in. I think the pa- or Packers, excuse me, take this game on Thursday night. You want to know why they got why they got better, right? Why? They took a former Bear, Adrian Amos, and put him in the secondary. I mean, we, tra- um, we so traded let's you move a Packer. On here. Okay. Um, all right. Okay. All right. Fine. Sure. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. You, you stole from us. You yeah, stole from I mean... So, so next game, we got the New York Giants. They are leaving the Big Apple and headed over to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Redskins. I have the Redskins in this game. 
Um, uh, you could call this an upset. I I would like to. It call is. This, it is. Can we call this garbage game of the week? Uh no, I want to reserve that for a different game that okay. just is irrelevant. Okay, well let's uh. This let's... game is at least interesting because you still have the Daniel Jones situation going. This this is a Giants team that people are going to want to watch. Okay, okay, so let so let's let's reserve it. I think I know what your garbage game of the week is going to be. Uh, if it's not this one, so we'll reserve that for that. Yep. Uh, Dallin is going ahead and taking the Giants in this one. So the first one that we differ on uh, for this week, Jordy, what do you got? Give me the Giants. Give me the Giants. Okay. Easy, easy peasy. The Redskins are bad. Give me the Giants. They're very bad. They're very bad. But they got to win a game at some point, right? Yeah, it's not here. Okay. All right. Well, following that game, we got Detroit. They're leaving Motor City, the Lions. And heading over to the barbecue capital of the world, that is Kansas City, and taking on the Chiefs. Um, I got the Chiefs in this one. Dallin has the Chiefs as well. This team is just outrageous offensively. Clean sweep. We all got the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You got to be crazy to take the Lions here, right? I, I think you have to at least be on drugs. <laughs> at least be on drugs? At least be on drugs. <laughs> or like, something worse. That's how wild and insane it is. You have to at least be on drugs to take... Uh, Detroit in this game. Watch Detroit pull the upset and we just all look like absolute imbeciles. Yeah, sure. Uh, following that, <laughs> sure, we got the else? Falcons. The Dirty Birds. They're leaving Hotlanta and going up to the Music City to take on the Tennessee Titans. Me and Dallin both have Atlanta in this game. Um, I, I like Atlanta. I don't think Tennessee, uh, though they looked fairly solid in week one, I don't think they're as good as everyone anticipates them to be. Um, I got Atlanta in this one. I've got Atlanta too. Though I don't think this is as big of a blowout as some might. I think this is like a within a field goal type game. Oh, okay. 24-21? Yeah, somewhere in that range. But I think the Falcons take it nonetheless. Okay. Good deal. Good deal. Um, Following that game, we have Baltimore. They're leaving Maryland and headed up to Believe Land to take on the Cleveland Browns. I have Baltimore in this game, and I think... Once they lose this game, they're going to have to hit the panic button over there in Cleveland because things are not going the way they anticipated. Dallin has Cleveland upsetting Baltimore at home. I, I mean, you're just you're going to get a game on Dallin here. I, I think so. Like this is Dallin just walked up to you, went, "Hey, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Would you like a free game?" And you went, "Yes, sir, I would." And you took the Ravens. Are you saying this is a pity pick? It, I'm not saying it's a pity pick. I'm just saying Dallin picked wrong here. <laughs> like oh. the Brown, the Browns are not winning this football game. It's no. it's going to be the Ravens all the way. Okay, all right. So we got two for Baltimore, one for Cleveland. I mean, the one. spread is the spread is Ravens by a touchdown. I think it could be more than that. I just I don't I I don't want anything to do with this Browns team right now. You got it, man. Following that, Indianapolis, they're leaving the home of the Indianapolis 500. And heading over to the East Bay to take on the Raiders over in Oakland. Um, Dallin has Indy. I have Oakland. Really? I, I have Oakland. I don't think that this team get... Oh, by the way, Zach Greinke has not allowed a hit through eight innings now. Oh, there we go. We're on no-no watch. All right. Um, I, I don't think Oakland drops another one. I, I think Indy is one of those places now that, that they pick up another W... Um, Derek Carr has still not looked terrible. He still looked pretty good. I don't think he has the weapons to get it done. Darren Waller, two touchdowns and over 100 yard receiving yards in this game. Calling it. I, I, I mean, first of all, when is Derek Carr going to ever have the, the weapons, dude? 
I feel like I've heard you say Derek Carr doesn't have the weapons forever now. And Derek he, Carr's he got, hasn't. He's Derek never Carr's had... got fine weapons right now. Tyrell Williams is totally fine. Darren Waller is, is is good as far as I believe, and Josh Jacobs is good. I think that Raiders team is is fine as far as weapons go. Uh, they're also not winning this football game. I take the Colts here. I think this Colts team is just more talented than they are. I think this Colts team is is going to walk in here and get a relatively, I shouldn't say easy win. The Colts are going to win this football game, though. The cool thing about being with Dad being gone is you can be wrong and still be allowed in this house. So that's okay, Jordan. That's true. Um, Let's see how football plays out, though. Okay. Sounds good. And then when um, I go 15 for 15, we'll talk. Okay. All right. Whatever. Um, <laughs> Bill's Mafia headed up to New England. Bastin. They're taking on the New England Patriots. I have New England in this game. I really wanted to pick Buffalo as upset of the week. I think this is a really good Buffalo team. Um, but New England is still a very good ball club. Um, and I think they get this done. Dallin has Buffalo beating New England. I love it. I, I like the pick. I love it. I can't get on board with it, though. I love it. Go Bills Mafia. You guys are incredible, but the Patriots are winning this football yeah. game. Like, <laughs> I love, I love, but you know what? I don't think that's too bold of a pick. No, it's not. And to be honest with you, if there were if there were going to be an upset, you said this earlier, if there were going to be an upset this week, it is going to be this game. I think there's a reality where the Bills could make this happen. Uh, but if Tom Brady is healthy enough to play and everything is uh, up to up to normal standards... The Patriots win this football game. Oh, Foxborough is a tough place to play. So, um, yeah, that's the way that game winds up. After that, we got Houston. They're leaving the Lone Star State to take on the Carolina Panthers. Um, I've told down the last few weeks, I got two words for you. Keep pounding. Um, stop pounding that drum. I got Houston over Carolina on the road. And so does he. No kidding. He has Houston on the road against Carolina. Man, I will I will be the opposite then, and I will say keep pounding. I think this is a Panthers team that wins a football game here. But by the way, and I, I don't hate that pick, and I'll tell you why. Last eleven games, eleven or ten games, Carolina's won two of them. Mm-hmm. You want to know the starting quarterback in both of those games? It's Kyle Allen. Mm-hmm. Cam Newton has not won him a game. Can I, can, I ask you a, can I ask you a serious and sad question? Because dad's gone and we have a non-biased opinion. No rules. Yeah. Is Cam Newton done? Are we done with Cam Newton? I am. He. Well, I mean, yes, you and I might be. Are, are we watching the end of Cam Newton in the NFL? The beginning of the downhill. The downhill, yes. I mean, we're seeing an injury that that they're trying to dance around surgery for. Let's say we live in a reality where Cam Newton gets surgery on this foot. He's out. Does he come back and start at quarterback for the Carolina Panthers again? I think he comes back and starts, but I think Kyle Allen's a serious competitor going into next year if he sticks around. Let's say Cam moves on. Is there another team in the NFL that's going to try and jump on the chance to have Cam Newton come in and start a quarterback for him? Seems like a Tampa Bay thing to do, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think there are... I asked that question and then immediately rethought it. I think there are teams that probably would play him, especially given the landscape of quarterback right now. But, uh, man, it sure feels like the end of the Cam Newton era. It, it sure feels like we're seeing the beginning of the end here, if not the end itself. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of sad. Too injury prone. Don't like it. Kyle Allen seems to be a, a pretty, pretty... Fine, if not good. Pretty fine quarterback. Yeah. I like it. Yep. I think he leads this team to a win this week. Okay. I like it. Um, I, even though I picked against it, I like it. It's not um, too late to change. You want to change live on the air right now? There's no rules. Dad's not home. Do it. 
You know what? Do it. I will. Yeah, baby. Pick up that game on Dallas. I love it. I will. I love I'm it. I'm switching. Carolina over Houston. Yeah, baby. Kyle Allen's the truth. Love it. Love it. What do we got next, Mo? All right. Following that, we have Miami leaving the dismal city of Miami. <laughs> Everybody else gets a cool nickname. Miami is just Miami. Like, Miami. They don't even get to be called. Uh, uh, what? The, I don't, Dolphins is too good for them. The Miami is such a wasteland of athletic sports right now. Like, oh, it's it's bad. It's, it's bad. Anyway, Miami is is they're, leaving town. They're, they're headed to go play in a soccer stadium though. Soccer stadium against the LA Chargers. Still an upgrade. Um, where half the fan base is Philip Rivers' kids. Still an upgrade. Um, yeah, I Dolphins got, don't have fans. I got the Chargers. Yeah, of course you have the Chargers. Everybody has the Chargers. If so, Dallas so picked the Dolphins, I'm going to leave right now. <laughs> Dallas has the Chargers as well. Okay, thank God. Um, I don't think you could ever pick the Dolphins. You were about to like end this podcast by yourself if Dallas picked the Dolphins. No. Um, no. Everyone has the Chargers. I like it. Yeah, there's nothing um, to say here. Following that... The Rams, they're leaving the City of Angels and heading over to the Cove to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I got the Rams in this one. Um, I think Bruce Arians is doing a fine job with what he's been given, but this Rams team is really, really good, and I don't see them losing to a team like Tampa Bay. I got the Rams, and so does Dallin. Yeah, I also have the Rams. I think uh, even with a little bit of the offensive hiccups we talked about earlier, this Rams team still has enough to get it done uh, when it comes to the Bucks. This Bucks team is not not great. It's not great, and it's even less consistent. So, yeah, give me the Rams here. Yeah. Um, after that, we got Arizona there leaving the desert and headed up to the Pacific Northwest to take on the Seattle Seahawks. I am a walking paradox this week, I trash Kyler Murray, I start Larry Fitzgerald, and then I pick the Seahawks to win. <laughs> I have the Seahawks over Arizona. Dallin has Arizona over Seattle, though. He's a madman. He's a maniac, right? Well, let's not, let's right? not bash the poor guy. No, I'm not. I'm just, he he like, can't defend himself. I'm, really, I'm asking the question of, is this really as crazy as I'm making it seem? Because I'm also picking the Seahawks, but this is also a game that maybe could go differently than how we're anticipating. I mean, he's in a different country. We shouldn't bash him. Uh, he's not home. He's not here to... That's not home. No he, rules. He's not here to defend himself. No rules. I'm, I'm picking the Hawks here, but again, like I said, this could be a game that also like flips itself on its head game script-wise. Who knows? But yeah. give me the Hawks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plant my flag on the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, in the word of Russell Wilson, go Hawks. Um, following that, we have my beloved Chicago Bears, and they are headed up to Minneapolis... Minnesota! Yeah. <laughs> to take on the Minnesota Vikings. Um, it smells wrong. It looks wrong. It tastes wrong. But it feels so right. You've got to be crazy if you think I'm not taking my Bears. Bears over Vikings. And Dallin has Vikings over Bears. I don't know what to do with this game. I, I came in here semi-confident, and then the more I thought about it, I don't know. I think this is the closest game of the entire slate when it comes to this weekend. Um, it's really a coin flip as to which team is going to take this thing. Uh, man, give me the Bears. The Bears' defense is going to oh, be Oh, you're flipping. Maker. You're flipping because that's not what you picked. I, I'm, I'm taking the Bears. I'm... The Bears' defense is going to be the difference maker. I don't think either quarterback is particularly spectacular. I don't think the Bears' offense is spectacular, but I think the Bears' defense is what really pushes this thing over the edge. 
Okay. Yeah. I, that Bears defense, it's it's good. It's real. It's, it's real. Real good. Um, this is the game we were talking about trash, right? Uh, if you're talking about the Jags Broncos, yes. Yes. Okay. So um, let's go ahead and hit that drop, huh? Yep. Garbage game of the week. Denver, they're leaving the Mile High City and headed down to the swamps of Jacksonville to go take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I got the Jags in this one, even Mason Rams Mason Ramsey lists. Um, I know he's uh, he is leaving for the birth of a child, uh, his wife's child, his own child. Um, he said that he'll be back when he's ready. Um, this might be a semi holdout type. Are you deal. talking about Jalen Ramsey? Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. <laughs> you said you said Mason, and I was very confused. <laughs> I did not say Mason Ramsey, did I? Yeah, you did. But anyway, Jaylen not Ram- the Walmart kid. Okay. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey, we're on the same page. I, All right. I uh, I meant Jalen Ramsey, not the Walmart kid, Mason Ramsey, um, who's you know out there breaking hearts. But. Um, I, I'm going with uh, Jacksonville in this one over Denver. I can't believe I said Mason Ramsey. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. Who Who's Dallin picking here, out of curiosity? Jacksonville. Yeah, okay. I'm also picking Jacksonville, but who the heck cares? This game is so irrelevant. Like, does anybody really care about who wins out of Jacksonville and Denver? AFC South. This puts Jacksonville in the conversation. Whatever, man. Who cares? The Jags win, though. Okay. All right. Yep. Sunday night football. We all get to look at Carrie Underwood. But we're more interested in the football, right? Maybe. I'm not. I know you're not. I love care. But anyway, football. Well, football anyway. Um, we're gonna we're gonna get into this one. It's New Orleans leaving the Big Easy to take on the Dallas Cowboys in the Lone Star State. I got the Cowboys over the Saints. I think this is gonna be a great game. I'm so hyped for this game. I think it's gonna be a really good game. I got the Cowboys taking it at home against New Orleans. Uh, I don't think Teddy Bridgewater does enough, and I think Dak Prescott puts together a pretty good game. So I got the Dallas Cowboys over the Saints. I'm there with you. I don't know where Dallas going, but I'm I am also going the Cowboys over the Saints. I think this is a uh, uh, big time game, big time matchup. But give me the Cowboys. I think this is a Cowboys team that is absolutely surging right now, and uh, man, they stay hot. They're going to win this football game. Yeah, Dallin Dallin is going. Um, with the team whose abbreviation looks most like his name. So he's going with Dallas. Okay. That's surprising because he's he's a notorious Saints lover. I know. Loves he, himself he loves the Saints. He loves Taysom Hill. He does. Everybody loves Taysom Hill. I love Hill, Taysom Hill, though. Yeah. I can't fault That's him. justified. I can't fault him for that. Um, but then we're going to go to Monday Night Football. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Monday Night Football. Dad's not home. Dad's not home. No rules. No foul. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're leaving the Steel City to head up to the worst city in America, the Cincinnati, to take on the Bengals. How did that start? Why did you guys start calling Cincinnati the worst city in America? No one ever goes to Cincinnati and goes, that's a lovely city. You know, I really enjoyed my time in Cincinnati. I mean, I'm sure it's fine with lots of nice people. Well, you know, things can't be good when the Reds and the Bengals are bad. I guess. Things can't be good. I'm taking Pittsburgh to get their first win of the year. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'm also going that direction. I think the yeah. Steelers win this football game uh, because the Bengals are bad, as and we were saying. Dallin, who's my best friend and is also not a crazy person, is not taking Cincinnati. He's taking Pittsburgh. Well, there we so, go. 
Um, we are going to stick uh, Pittsburgh across the board, right? Yeah, and and uh, thankfully, I think we swept most of the obvious games as far as picks I go. I think so. I think there was nothing got, crazy. We yeah, we got a couple differences here. Um, you're not going 15 and 0. I can tell you that right off the bat. We'll see, big um, boy. But that is going to wind up our quick picks, and that is going to wind up this week's episode. Like I said, it's a cross. It's a what, what do you what do you call crossover. crossover? It's a crossover episode. So you can go find this episode not only on here at the Sports Hours uh, page, but you can find it on the Daily Double Up page. Yes, it's, sir. It's a long one. Grab your popcorn. We probably should have warned them of that at the beginning of the episode yeah. and not literally three minutes until we end. I know. Grab your popcorn. Grab something cold to drink because it's going to be a rousing last two and a half It's going to be a minutes. solid minute and a half until you are done listening to this thing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I hope you grabbed your popcorn. I hope you grabbed your uh, something cold to drink so you can kick back and listen to this. I hope maybe if you're listening to the car, I hope we made your drive to work a little bit better. Um, thank you again for listening to this episode of the Sports Hour and the Daily Double Up. You can go follow us on Instagram for the Sports Hour at the Sports Hour Guys. You can go follow us on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. You can go follow us on Twitter for the Daily Double Up at Double Up DFS. You can go listen to us on any platform that you go get your podcasts. That is Apple Podcasts. That is Spotify. That is Stitcher. Anywhere that you get your podcasts for your listening pleasure you can go you can go listen to us anywhere get on there leave us a comment leave us a rating for both pods tell us we suck that's the only way we can get better yes sir it's the only way jordan it's been a pleasure having you on yeah this has been so much fun thanks for having me it's been a blast and i can't wait to have you on again next week because we got mitch mo's two-week house party part two coming up next week we want to thank you guys again for listening We'll catch you next time. See ya! I stole it. <laughs> ah!